What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Uno podcast, where everyone has a story and everyone's story matters. What's your story? If you'd like to support the show and help us tell more stories like the one you're about to hear, please visit thecrazyfaceuno.com today. There you can order items from our online store and donate. As always, I'm your host, Shane McNeely, and boy, are you in for a treat today. It is my honor and privilege to introduce my guest today. Please welcome Elliot Ustry. Welcome, Elliot. Oh, he's like, hey, there oh, hey, hey. <laughs> How's it going, man? Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Yeah, we, uh, just to fill our listeners in, we are high school, we went to high school together. Yep. Um, I would say we're high school friends, but you know what? We really didn't run around in circles too much. Uh, but because we went to such a small school, everybody kind of knew each other. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to separate like where that line is, you know, sometimes because you run around like just such a small school, such a small place that we end up around each other uh, at some point in time in your high school, you know, career. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, like, uh, you wrestled too, right? Yep, yep. yeah, wrestled and yeah. played soccer, so. Yeah, so, like, you know, uh, I, I think we had a lot of the same friend group, uh, yeah. sports and stuff like that, too. Yeah, like Zach and, yeah. uh, you know, um, Kevin and you mm-hmm. know, some of those guys, for sure. Definitely. Well, we were just uh, talking for the show, and we haven't talked in, like, 15 years or so. It's been, it's been a good so, while. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I graduated in 06 from high school, so 2006, and I think you were a year before me, right? Yeah, I was 05, yep. So, yeah, it's probably been at least 05, 06 before, since the last time we, we probably chatted or, or were around each other. I don't think we really saw each other in college. Yeah, no, no. And I haven't really been back in, into the old Sullivan, uh, Indiana area and since our 10-year reunion. I, my wife and I went to that for my 10-year reunion, but... Yeah. Since then, I haven't really been to Sullivan, so it's been a while. Really, you haven't you haven't even visited since then? Not really. Yeah, nope. I mean, uh, yeah, I think you know, 2016 would have been the last time I was in Sullivan. Uh, my mom doesn't live there. My dad doesn't live there. My dad okay. lives in Indianapolis now, and my mom lives in uh, Peru, Indiana, a little bit further north. And so, okay. there's just not a lot of you know, a good reason for me to go down there and make oh, that yeah. trip. You no, know, my family there really isn't. Any, yeah, there yeah. isn't any reason now. Yeah, no, I try to go as much as I can. It's like uh, uh, I try to go like twice a year because um, cool. my mom and dad are still there, and then uh, nice. a lot of my close friends. And then uh, I got a lot of friends in Terre Haute, um, and yeah. then my sister and uh, brother-in-law and my three nephews live in um, in Franklin, Indiana. So up in like you know the uh, yeah. Greenwood suburbs kind of area. Um, so yeah. I've got a lot of family um, around. So. I try to make it a point to get up there as much as I can. Cool, cool. I think of Franklin. I always there's a couple. You mentioned wrestling. I always think of a couple of the wrestlers that I know oh, yeah. from the wrestle at Franklin. Yeah, nice. Uh, that's what I always think of. So, uh, pop their their faces popped in my head uh, as, you, <laughs> as you were saying that. But that's cool. Yeah, Indiana. It's a it's a uh, place that I appreciate, but I'm I'm happy to be exploring the United States and the world and kind of getting outside of that little Sullivan bubble in so many ways. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think uh, I'm, I'm definitely proud to be from Indiana, um, you know, uh, or at least raised in Indiana. I was born in Canada. Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> Brampton, Ontario, um, nice. uh, outside of Toronto. It's actually itself a pretty big city, like 350,000-ish, I'd say. Nice. Um, but I think the cool thing about being down in, in Texas, especially like Austin, um, running into somebody that's from Indiana, you know, whether it's like far away from where yeah. we grew up, uh, it's kind of cool because it's a small state, you know, and, and totally. And, uh, um, you know, I think it's cool when people move here. Cause it's not like you, you know, even though like Massachusetts is, is small, it's like yeah. a lot of people move here from Massachusetts, but it's, you know, I think like it's, it, it doesn't seem like a ton of people move here from Indiana. So I think it's sure. cool where you run into somebody like yeah, yeah, I agree. I love running into people just randomly. You're like, oh yeah, like yeah. <laughs> my my favorite thing is like I've lived in such like small towns all my life until I graduated college and kind of went off on my own. But and then I really decided to kind of congregate towards the cities. And, mm -hmm. But um, yeah, it's just, it's always interesting when you're like somebody from Illinois or Indiana where I've lived and where I kind of grew up. Sorry. <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, they. It, it's just interesting because you, they always ask, you know, like, well, where, where are you from? What part? And you're like, mm, Sullivan? Have you ever heard of that? Or, you know, <laughs> people are always like, no, I don't really know what that is. Where oh, is yeah. That? You got to so, say at least like Terre Haute. And that's yeah. a long shot. And, and yeah. people, or Bloomington's good. You can say like IU, you know, yeah. Yeah. and people will get it. But yeah, that's about yeah. it. In our area, right? <laughs> yeah, totally. But it's easy to describe because. I just yeah. go like follow the state on the left side, you know, yeah. all the way down, and when it starts to squiggle, that's Sullivan. You know, yeah, <laughs> I haven't heard so, that one. I like that one. Uh, yeah, I yeah. to use that. You know, Michigan, they always use the hand thing. Yeah. You know, the, yeah. So, I don't know. It's funny. Well, you kind of touched on it. You currently live in Austin, Texas. Yep. And you know, part of us getting kind of reconnecting before we came before you came on the show was. Um, we were talking about, you know, kind of your life now a little bit and you mm -hmm. kind of brought up who you've been working for for the last 10 years. And, um, because of the current state of our country and the world right now, you know, with, with COVID-19 and everything, you're in a interesting spot. Um, but I would love to kind of, you know, at least chat a little bit about, you know, your time in, in Austin and, and some mm -hmm. of the work you're doing. Do you mind filling us in? Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> the thing that brought me here, uh, 10 years ago was uh, an internship uh, for South by Southwest, the uh, music, film, and interactive conference and festivals. Um, and it was, it was such a cool opportunity. Um, and I was, I was very blessed to have, um, uh, have my parents allow me to move that far away, um, you know, for a semester of school. And yeah. uh, um, uh, I guess to, to backtrack a little bit, I, um, to get that internship, I, um, I knew a guy that I went to ISU with, um, uh, we were both in the music business administration, uh, program and he was a few years older than me and he and a group of, uh, other people in our, um, uh, in that major, um, came down one year and volunteered for South by and had a great time. And then he and a couple others came down, uh, the next year, I believe, and interned uh, for the company. And then he ended up getting a, a, a position 
um, full time. And eventually he was ready to take on an intern. So at that time, my advisor uh, at ISU um, told me about it. And, um, you know, it was kind of weird. I, I, I um, was in a tough spot because music business, it's uh, uh, music business, the, the actual degree, um, you know, it's, it's an actual business degree, but, you know, it has all the, the, the music um, theory, the history, the, um, the ear training and all of that. And you have to have um, what, weekly uh, lessons and um, uh, on your primary instrument. Um, so it was really, really such a rich major, but I was kind of scared about where I, you know, where I could go and use that. And yeah. it seemed like at the time, that every, well, not everybody, but a majority of the people were flocking towards music uh, merchandising. And I, I, I didn't really want to do that. You know, um, that was, uh, it, it was such a, a, a fair thing to do, uh, especially with going through music school and having that knowledge. And yeah, a lot of those internships actually uh, were paid. And um, uh, honestly, there was there was one that I was about to go through with, and it was in Jacksonville, Florida. Nice. And uh, it was uh, I forget the it was a music store, but um, I can't sure. remember, I can't remember the name. But it would have been a paid internship, and I just you know that's not where I like that's not what my heart wanted, you know. Yeah. And, um, uh, about that time, this this position came up, and. Uh, and, uh, you know, I really talked to my parents about it and they, uh, especially my dad just kind of, uh, did some research and he said, you know, um, you're not going to get an experience like this anywhere else. So, um, uh, they helped me move down here and I had my internship and thankfully, um, for that, for our music business program, the internship is the only class that you take that semester. So I didn't have to worry about, uh, tests nice. or studying or anything. It was full-time dedication. So I was in the office at South by the, the full time that the, um, that the employees were and just kind of worked my way around whenever I was, whenever I was in that position, I was doing, um, um, I was helping with the, uh, the volunteer coordination. Um, cause it just takes thousands of volunteers, uh, yeah. uh, on top of the, the staffers, um, to, to make this, uh, two week long event happen. And, um, so I, I got a lot of experience uh, um, talking to people and helping kind of listen to, to, to what kind of um, what their interests were in, in music wise, because um, sure. placing them as in a volunteer position, you kind of just don't want to just throw them somewhere because they're not going to have a good experience. They're not going to have fun. And then if they're not having a good time. Then they're probably not going to do a good job right? And, um, that way. And, and nobody wins. So. The, the good thing about um, my uh, uh, internship position there was I was able to kind of talk to these people and um, kind of uh, get their idea of where they would want to be placed uh, in a volunteer spot, you know, um, uh, specifically what kind of venue, um, what kind of music they like. That. So sure. um, that was a lot of stuff leading up to the event. And then during the event, I helped with, you know, um, you know, guiding these people where they're, where they're going and things like that. So, um, after that internship, um, which was just a lot of fun. I mean, I had a blast. And, uh, um, so that was from January through, um, 
I think through like the beginning of May of okay. 2010, um, I moved back to Indiana and um, I worked at Staples for a couple of months. And um, I actually Staples. had, yeah. Uh, <laughs> what's the, the, the button? They had the button, didn't they? What's the button? Uh, oh, yeah. It's the help button or the. Yeah. Like, what uh, was Did it say help? Uh, no, it's, the it's like something else. Yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> I, 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 and I don't know why. I think it was just starting to become popular whenever okay. I was working there. Um, Sidetrack. But uh, no, um, uh, I had talked to my boss at the time, uh, the boss at South By, um, um, about uh, not the guy that, that hired me, the actual, one of the guys that was actually, you know, uh, in charge. And, uh, and he gave me a verbal, um, you know, uh, verbal recognition that, that he wanted to hire me. It was just a matter of um, uh, looking for the, the right time. And sure. mind you, this was 10 years ago before there were so many people on staff there. And yeah. we were in a different building, um, actually a series of buildings. And, uh, you know, so, so it was it was kind of tight. You know, you, you, uh, people didn't just get hired right off the bat and, and yeah. they didn't get hired for no reason. So, right. um uh, fast forward to like August or something, I uh, get an offer letter and I start. I moved down to Texas. I started on 8, 9, 10 uh, uh, full time. That was <laughs> it's a good August, way to remember that. <laughs> yes, August 9th of 2010. So that was my first full time uh, status. And, um, and I was there until March 9th. Isn't that uh, kind of uh, yeah. ironic? March 9th, 10 years later, uh, unfortunately, they had to uh, make a decision to lay off uh, a, a large portion of the full-time staff, um, yeah. me being one of them. And, you know, uh, I uh, obviously, I don't have any any ill will toward them for, sure. for doing that because that's what – and they were, they were one of the first people to have to do that. And, and uh, um, you know, uh, it, it – from then on, it just started trickling. You know, other businesses were were doing that, and and so it just became very apparent that that was that was the the norm. You yeah. know, yeah. So in those ten years, though, I mean, I had just some of the best moments you know ever. I got to meet some of the coolest uh, you know noteworthy people, yeah. and, and got to make uh, you know lifelong friends, people that will be my friend, uh, my friends till you know. Till the day I die, and uh, just a really kind of tight knit. Uh, it really was, uh, you know, and still is a a, a lot of a family um, sure. aspect to it. So um, my my job specifically was to um, uh, when I when I first started, it was kind of uh, actually just more tech stuff. But I was in the music festival department, working with the bookers and everything. Um, and then it had kind of evolved over time to become uh, more of an artist uh, artist support uh, kind of manager. Sure. Um, my official title at the end was tech specialist, which I was still doing a lot of tech things. But nice. Um, nice. Uh, but the uh, the overall kind of uh, role that I was um, that I was latched onto was was to help our um, our artists, uh, aka the bands, um, the yeah. playing the shows. And we um, we invite almost uh, two thousand. Um, we we had been inviting almost two thousand artists all the years that that I was uh, that I was working there, and um, 
you know, as the, the, the months lead up to the event, there's a lot of things that, that these artists need to do um, right. in order to get ready to, to come down here and play, you know, um, especially a lot of them coming from overseas. They're, uh, you know, we have to make sure that they're able to come over here with the, with the visa. And, um, yeah. you know, we, we didn't get any kind of, uh, like, specific in that, but our, our general help, um, you know, just... Uh, our, for our knowledge, knowing that they had their visa was the main goal right. to, to know that they're going to be able to come over. And, um, and surprising, a, a lot of people just weren't aware how um, or aren't aware how visas work. Um, uh, yeah. They want to come over and, and perform. And there's a lot of different things that go into it that I don't need <laughs> that I don't need to bore. Yeah. But it's quite the process, though. But it's it's part of the process, and I got to learn about so many countries, so many you know sure. the, the culture of 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 all of these different people from all over the world. I mean, we averaged uh, like fifty to sixty fifty to sixty different countries represented um, by the artists every year. And that's so cool. And when I say like artists, I mean like the the like a band is like a group of people most of the time, unless you're just solo. So when I say 2000 artists, I'm talking about like, like 10,000 individual people essentially that you're, that you're trying to help uh, day to day um, just kind of get to where they need to be, uh, sign their performance agreement, um, upload photos to our website and, and their MP3 and uh, where people can, hear their music and, you know, anything like that. And, um, and so, so it's surprising to a lot of people that we start the whole process in um, the middle of the summer in June is like uh, late June is like when we open our applications and we do have a, did have a, um, a, uh, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm saying do and did. No, you're good, man. It's, it's confusing. Like, <laughs> we get it. No, like, yeah, yeah. I think everybody is going to understand. And yeah, yeah. it's hard for you because it's like, where do you stand? Yeah. Right now, and it's know? like, because they still do it. Exist. And yeah, they, yeah. they exist. Yeah. It's just not so, operational right now. And yeah. you're not there. <laughs> so, yeah. And, um, so I think that was one of the, the best things is that they have an open application system that anybody who's anybody, uh can can apply as long as they have somewhere like a link to where they can uh list their music and and you know have have something kind of to to represent and um and all of that is uh listened to by the 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 staffers um i did my fair share of listening um over the years and um it was was fun and kind of grueling at times but yeah um, you know that in in that part about it uh i think was great because it's like you know um being able to to just kind of be exposed to all these different kinds of musics that I you know may not have uh, uh, listened to before and you know may not sure. do ever again, but um, you know at least I was uh, exposed to it and yeah. um, you know I think um, like I said the the international exposure I think was was a lot of fun and I mean you know I, I like I, I went I went to school for music I did a lot of studying in music so I wasn't I wasn't ignorant to like world musics and like different kind of of of, uh instruments that that people you know in the western ear might might not appreciate but um to kind of hear like a modern day version of it and a lot of these people are kind of um i feel like a a a lot of them are kind of um taboo for for playing music in in some of in some of the countries um but uh i kind of went on a tangent there 
Um, good man, you're good. No worries. I love it. Uh, I'm happy to listen. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah. I, it's I, one I just, of those things that that like I worked. At, I don't know if you're familiar with Invisible Children. But yeah, I yeah, worked, yeah. I remember it through through you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I worked in Invisible Children, and it's a lot of similarities. You know, it's different. The outcome and like the thing you're working towards is very different. Obviously, you know, you're you're trying to put on a, a music festival, but I don't think that people quite understand the moving pieces that go on behind the scenes to some of those things. And, you know, you talking about, it's the simple things from, from visas and visas is like a big thing, you know, but like there's, there's just so much information that you need in order to accommodate your artists and from, you know, some of them have different things that they require in their contracts to, to the, what they want in the green room to, you know, the, I would love to. Whenever they want something in the green room, we say, okay, uh, no. <laughs> That's the blanket answer. I mean, like, you got to, because yeah. like a lot of, some of the venues don't even have a green room, you know? Cool. It's, yeah. That's funny. And that's yeah, not it's, about, it's about, it's, it's about exposing the, the, the media and the, uh, the industry and, uh, you know, new fans to these, these artists that are up and coming and the bigger artists in a small, like, you know, uh, small venue and having that kind of intimate uh, experience in a lot of ways. So, yeah. yeah. Um, what's the, what's the, what's, uh, if you can share, if what's something that would be unique that was a, a weird request from an artist? Anything unique that sticks out to you? Oh, gosh. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think because we've definitely, we've seen a lot <laughs> of uh, writers. Yeah. And I'd say a lot of that stuff would usually go like directly to one of the bookers, which I didn't okay. actually program uh, book any shows. I worked directly with the bookers. Sure. So I, they already had that information and then kind of pass it on to you probably. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, gosh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think and all this stuff blends. I've heard, of, I've heard of stuff like, you know, people requiring a, a new pair of like Yeezys or, you know, stuff like oh, yeah. that, like, oh, yeah. like just wild stuff or like the classics where it's like uh, whatever their favorite whiskey is or, you know, yeah. their alcohol beverage or, you know, yeah. whatever those types of things. But. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, I can't think right now of, of that. No worries. If you think of anything along the, along the I way, I'll, I'll jump I'll, in. And it'll probably be in the middle of a rant at some point. Perfect. <laughs> even better even better that's super fun that's that's awesome i know i my progression at invisible children was very similar to yours like i came in as a full-time volunteer i i really you know i got a what was it like 200 dollars a month like a stipend you know mm -hmm. um but outside of that like i had to raise my money so um for the first two years of me working at invisible children or volunteering at invisible children i was I wasn't making money. I was just living, you know, and yeah. I was, I was going along and, and doing my thing. And, um, and then it's that progression of like finding your place and finding your way and making, because you loved what you did. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And having those opportunities to, I don't know, just to, uh, I don't know if the right phrasing, but like make a name for yourself, you know, air quotes, right. like it's, um, something that feels good and it, it feels it feels good to like work for something that you want to work for and that you like respect and, and enjoy you know and 
I mean, yeah. for you coming out and, and going straight into South by Southwest and what it's turned into over the last, you know, probably since you started, you've seen that progression of really its <clears throat> expansion and its growth and, and what it's, Oh my you know, gosh. It's, it's almost a household name now, you know, I mean, yeah. most people know what South by Southwest is, so that's really cool. Yeah. And I, and I, and, and that's totally correct. I think, um, you know, just in the past 10 years, Austin, like everybody knows Austin has been the yeah. booming city. The Boston weird, right? Much bigger. It's, 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 it's insane. And yeah. the area where I live, um, I'm just like a, a couple miles, um, south of, of, uh, downtown. And, um, I'm walking distance from, um, the old uh, Broken Spoke, the famous bar um, that has like a lot of um, a history of, of country yeah. artists. And Garth Brooks actually played a surprise show there um, whenever we had him at South By. Uh, he played our outdoor stage for free to the public. And then he did this little pop-up acoustic show by himself at this little bar, you know, walking distance yeah. to the place. But here's the Broken Spoke. And to the next of it, there's condos. And on the other side, there's condos. When I moved here, it was the broken spoke and little like garages and other things that are on that same level. And that's the only original thing that's that's there. And, and uh, it's interesting that a lot of other areas, um, I live off of South Lamar, which is a, a big, a big um, uh, main road that goes through, uh, goes through the town. And um, in South Lamar is, is, is becoming all of that. It's just growing up, you know, yeah. uh, just as much as downtown, these things are like the, the condos are popping up and everything. And a lot to, uh, because of, of South by, and, and a lot of people don't realize that this was supposed to be the 34th year. Um, wow. You know, people don't realize how, um, how long it's actually been around and, and how they've, uh, grown up um, and, and yeah. struggled to, to be where they are over the years. Sure. And so, you know, um, a lot of people would, would, you know, just ask me like, like, how do you have a full-time year round job doing <laughs> something like that? And yeah. to give have no idea. Was talking about <laughs> is, yeah. I mean, especially for me, like a lot of the tech stuff I was, I was, um, uh, I was mainly in charge of, of uh, keeping our application up to date, like uh, making sure that the questions are, are up to date, you know, changing, uh, 2019 to 2020 and, and this and that, and, uh, getting, getting ready for, uh, uh, applications opening yeah. and, um, uh, helping with the processing of, of the applications and, and, um, a lot of the, uh, the general support. And thankfully, um, at, uh, the last few years I had, um, I had somebody else, uh, that was helping me with, um, with a lot of that, who was, who was hired, um, so thankfully, uh, I wasn't pulled in so many directions as I used to be. And, uh, sure. um, you know, on site, uh, during the event, it was, um, just kind of keeping up with, with, uh, whatever fire is going on and, and helping. Always something. Fires. Yeah. And I mean, two uh, weeks of fires, that's yeah. much what it is. And that's, and, that's events, you know, yeah. I, so I've much so many big events throughout like my last, you know, several years, yes. um, that, it's so funny. Like, I love that. I love that build up to an event, you know, and, and a lot of people don't even know, like a year turnaround for a big event. I mean, you guys have the base, you know, for it. Yeah. So you can turn it over. Like you're saying, it's the taking materials from the year before and then turning them into something for yeah. the next year, but you have to adjust them. You have to make them different. You have to change them. I mean, there's some people 
there's some companies, I mean, Invisible Children, we did the same thing. Some of our bigger events were a year long or, you know, there's some other organizations that I've worked for events that it's been like a two year process of putting these big events on. And it's, right. it's a slower process. And maybe you bring people along in different stages of that. But there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes that people don't realize when just any event from the smallest things. And I mean, you think about I don't know if you've been a part of or, you know, planning my my wedding with my wife. And I'd done events before, you know, I'm like, this would be easy. This would be a piece of cake. But it's never easy. And even the smallest events like that, like something so simple, it's like now compound that times, you know, yeah, 2000 staff uh, artists and then yeah. staff on top of that. They have to take care of all of that from transportation to, yeah. you know, just communication to organization to it's there's so much that goes into stuff like that yeah you hit the nail on the head i mean that's 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 definitely the the, the main thing and i mean um and you talk about just just one maybe just one showcase which is the traditional showcase uh for a venue during the music festival is six bands um first band starting at eight o'clock last band going on at 1 a.m and so if music is done by 140, every band has Man. a 40 minutes uh, time slot. And then the time in between is for changeover um, for the instruments. A lot of the, the bands have a back line that they share. So they'll share like a drum kit or, or yeah. an amp or something. Um, but, uh, you know, the volunteers uh, helping with the loading the equipment and um, and uh, actually stage managing and our yeah. staff that, that work um, on production um you know moving equipment around and and uh and, <laughs> so and, much i know how much work goes and here's crazy. the other thing is we have we have like all the sales and the sponsorship and yeah the housing the housing department oh my gosh those are like That's you know some of the hardest workers yeah. is <laughs> though you know it, between food and lodging that's mm. like that's what'll get like people riled up the most you know yeah. They, they, you know, they, they got to stay where they want to stay and they want to stay when they want to stay, you know. And so uh, having to deal with that day to day and 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 um, in that environment, you you pretty much have to to do it like first come, first serve. So you got an order sure. of a process. So, yeah, props to, to, to them uh, for <laughs> a lot of their yeah. work. And, and, um, the registration department, the people that, that, that help sell the badges, uh, yeah. you know, um, it's just uh, insane. The art department, there's so much stuff in-house that's yeah. all the art and everything and right. video editing and, and um, yeah, it's just, it's just the whole thing. Yeah. The, media, <laughs> the marketing, all of that. Yeah. You know? So well, and like editing, I mean, those those edits start probably taking place like instantly, you know yeah. what I mean? And that's the thing, like they're, you know, part of the, the different events that I've been a part of with, you know, whether it's a speaking event like that or, you know, where they've got artists that come in. But when you're recording all that, I mean, you have to take your, your discs, you have to go and you switch it out. You hand it over to the production team and they start, yeah. you know, processing that. And if you've ever uploaded anything to YouTube, uh, you know, processing is a, is quite a, a battle it's a oh, yeah. <laughs> it's no, not no. an easy thing it takes some time so one of my one of my best friends uh was a video editor and he actually started full-time a month before me in 2010 wow. a month or two i can't remember but um he uh unfortunately was one of the the one of those laid off too but um i remember times he would uh he would have to uh let something render like that and it would just yeah. he couldn't do anything i mean no 
uh, he'd be like, uh, let's go grab lunch or something. Well, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. And, and to add on that, you know, I'm, I was talking about the music festival because that's specifically what, where I was working all these right. years. Um, and we're all, you know, same staff, but we also have the interactive conference and the film festival. The film sure. festival is such a well-oiled machine. It has so many cool movies. There were there were so many um, uh, movies that were that were set to be um, premiered there this year. Their yeah. uh, their big one was going to be uh, the King of uh, the King of uh, Long Island. Is that right? The the new um, what's his name? Uh, Pete Davidson. I don't know, man. I'm not sure. Anyway, there's a lot of previews for it right now. And, yeah. And uh, that was supposed to be like their big premiere, but um, right. Well, and a lot of those, you know, even you know, this is how it's affecting you but it's also affecting like the industry you know because, and, yeah. all the whole industry because like you said some of these smaller bands yeah, this is industry. the way that they make it you know this is how they get on this is how they pay for their you know yeah. their life and the spring not, and hard. summer festival industry and and potentially even the fall for 2020 has just been decimated i mean yeah south by was the first like literally because we're the we're the first we set the tone every every year we're right. the first major thing in the um, in the first quarter of the year, and have you know, we set a lot of the tones for these these yeah. festivals, and and we we show who's going to be like the the next buzziest artist, and right, and, you know who's gonna who's gonna blow up like like Lizzo, you know, like like sure. she's been around forever, but and and she had played South by a few times before, but this past year nine, right. uh, 2019, she just she just you know. Yeah, her stock raised. <laughs> yeah, and then she played, uh, you know, uh, ACL Festival, Austin City Limits Music Festival, and they, they didn't, you know, because they had booked her uh, before she kind of blew uh, up. They had her in this kind of small stage. So, anyway, but yeah, like you said, the um, the festivals and and all live music and other events. I mean, we're just now like uh, I guess sports are in Texas or. Uh, like next two next week or the next two weeks, the uh, professional sports can can start using their facilities or something like that, but they can't have any fans around. And it's like yeah. it's like I, you know, like <laughs> why open up at all if you're if yeah. you're gonna half-ass these things? And and I feel yeah. bad for the restaurants because a lot of them are like they're like, yeah, I want to go back to work, but I don't want to risk it because you know. Yeah. One one foul play and and it sets you back yeah, even what do you harder do? than you were, and right. and, and how are you you know you you got to keep your lights on and your electricity when you got twenty five percent capacity allowed. No man, it's like <laughs> I just don't know. Like it, it's getting more worrisome, you know, as time goes on, and it's just so much. It's so hard to know even what's happening right now, you know, with everything going on. Um, where where what do you what do you trust and what do you listen to? You know, I mean, it's, yeah, exactly. There's like for every, you know, stance or article on one topic, there's something on the complete opposite end of the spectrum right next to it. And it's like, so what, well, it's always what do you do? You know? <laughs> yeah. Right. I know. We went back to, we reverted yeah. back. I, I was telling, you know, I've talked to my wife about this a ton because when I, when it first started happening, you know, I, I felt me personally, like I, I just wanted information. I just wanted to know, I wanted to be informed. I wanted to have to be up to speed on things, you know? And now as it goes on, it's like, I'll just avoid it and hope that at some point in time I'll have the correct information and I'll do all the my due diligence and do my part and then 
hope for the best, you know, because I, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like, you know, us as young people as well, statistically, I think we're in a pretty good situation, you know, but at the same time, like, there's so many unknowns, even with the virus and that was so like who wants to mess around with any of that and yeah. i don't know it's just a hard time for everybody and i really feel for for everybody that's that's out of a job or laid off or furloughed or whatever it is you know i mean i have so many friends that are being affected by this now and um you being one of them to you know people in the restaurant industry to people just yeah. not able to go to work because it's just not feasible for their for their job um it's tough. It's not a, not a place that anybody thought we'd be in this year. I mean, that's for sure. And yeah, I hope that I still have hope, but I'd be lying if I didn't say that I, I'm a little disappointed in how, um, you know, things have turned, turned out as things have gone on. I really was really hopeful that, I don't know, that, that we would, we would be a little kinder we'd be a little nicer to each other and we'd treat each other with a little bit more kindness and, and we'd unify, you know, and come together. And, and I, I just, I'm disappointed in some ways, you know, and I think that there's, I'm still hopeful. I think that there are some people that this has been a wake up call and, you know, maybe it is something that changed a few perspective and it only takes a couple, you know, for, for things to change, I guess, but it's, uh, it's sad. It's, it's just, a. Uh, crazy time. I don't even know what to think. I mean, it, it still feels surreal and it's felt surreal for, <laughs> since it started, you know, and, and yeah. that's what's so like crazy about it. So. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree, man. And, and um, to be honest, I actually haven't been, <laughs> I haven't been out that much since like <laughs> yeah, me either. <laughs> March 14th was <coughs> the Sorry last day that I was around a group of my friends and that was the last day that people were allowed to, to be around each other. Yeah. Um, in Austin at least. And I think it was like the next day or that Monday. Uh, that had been somewhere Saturday. around that. Yeah. That had been somewhere around that time as well. Yeah. We were, you know, I'd get together still kind of questionable at the time, but I was getting together yeah. uh, with people, you know, small groups still. I mean, we played beach volleyball and, you know, four on two on two and, uh, three on three or whatever it was we never big groups but we're just like well until they tell us we can't like let's just keep yeah. doing it we're we're being safe we're being careful we're not like you know i mean we're still somewhat social distancing either we're even though we're touching the ball every, <laughs> yeah but um i don't know yeah we were like we're doing doing more you know i'm washing my hands i'm being careful about touching my face I'm right. off my you know whatever and but i don't know i mean shoot and I remember Ever since then it's just like stuck at home and <laughs> yeah. And I remember exactly like the, I was with, uh, I was with my friend John um, and he's from the UK and he, uh, he comes in and, and, and helps uh, with South by um, seasonally. So he'll come in okay. uh, the end of the end of the year and then stay through the event and leave like, you know, in April or May. And uh, he does other festivals overseas and, and, and stuff like that. Really, really awesome character. Really cool dude. Um, and uh, been friends for a few years since yeah. uh, since he started working there. Um, and unfortunately, you know, he was had had no job because he was um, um, uh, part time or uh, seasonal. So no no event means no job. So he uh, had to go back to the UK um, pretty quick. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was a weird time because we're all, you know, we're all used to, to being able to like hang out more after, 
you know, after the event is over and, and uh, you know, just kind of unwinding. And here he is not knowing if, if he's going to be able to fly out of the country and get back home. And if he does, if he is able to, then he's got to go like soon. So pretty much like that was a, that was a Saturday and, and it was just uh, uh, he and I sitting there and this place was packed. It's not far from, from my place down in, down in South Austin, a really popular joint with a uh, um, really good beer selection and food trucks and a cool. lot of outdoor seating. Um, and we're just sitting there and, and, you know, there's this guy walking around with the, with the, uh, the Clorox and a, and a rag and he's wiping down like the rails and stuff and the, yeah. the knobs and, 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 uh, you know, just keeps doing that. And it's like, that's just the, the, the beginning of it. We're like, we're like, wow, this is interesting. It's like, yeah, that's not going to take care of everything with, with all these people around. <laughs> right. And, uh, eventually, you know, we had, um, uh, it was a, a, a gathering. We had a, a bunch of friends um, come and uh, join us and hang out. And, and that was so much fun. I'm glad that that was my last, like, you know, my last outing was that I had a bunch of friends around me and, and um, a lot of them were affected uh, by this. Uh, some of them yeah. that I worked with um, at South by that were unfortunately let go. And, um, you know, it was, it was kind of a, a cool send off, but then John had to leave like two days later. I didn't, you know, I haven't seen him yeah. since then. So, uh, uh, and I haven't really gone to the grocery store or, um, like target. I've got a target right next door to me and yeah. I haven't gone there much. I've gone maybe like four or five times. Yeah. Same. Like maybe, maybe, yeah. I think we went been this last weekend, like the fourth time, maybe. Like, yeah. I've only just, been once since the masks have been uh, required. Mandatory. Yeah. And so whenever I went and that was just like uh, the other day and I went out uh, to, to the grocery store cause I had to pick up a couple of things is mostly, I guess stuff ordered on Amazon prime, uh, yeah. prime now. like prime yeah, now, you know, two hour delivery, um, groceries, everything you need. Um, and it's convenient. It is. It is. And obviously, I'm afraid. I'm more afraid of like the bite squads and like the food delivery services. Yeah, the DoorDash because man, I don't it's think that a real problem for me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't do that as much. It's more yeah. of like the actual package stuff that I yeah. like. You know, and and my mom, bless her heart, sent me a giant package of Omaha steak products. So I've got Ooh. a freezer full of like burgers yeah, yeah. and chops and chicken and oh my gosh it's been so great and my girlfriend is such a great cook so it's all working out <laughs> <laughs> that's all awesome. yeah that's awesome. and i went you know I, I saw these people like with masks for the first time in real life and right myself awesome. and i was like hard to breathe and you know and i was wearing Breath my, smells you know yeah, you're like oh exactly. <laughs> i wear my glasses which I, my, my glasses are like, up because yeah <laughs> Very old prescription, which I, is why I'm not wearing it. Like, <laughs> like my uh, little, uh, my love it. up here. These glasses are from 2008, and I haven't had uh, yeah. one since because I wear contacts, and I uh, sure. uh, need new contacts. So <laughs> I know. I'm right there with you. I've got old glasses, and I have, I'm like running out of contacts. And <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. I'm not about to go have somebody blow air in my eye during this time. So, nah. Yeah. I'll pass. No thanks. That's not yeah. <laughs> a really fun thing to do anyway. I've very sensitive True. eyes and they water very easily. So <laughs> Yeah. My whole thing is I, the reason I haven't got my eyes checked is I don't want to be dilated. 
you know? Yeah. I know it only takes like a few, you know, a few hours, but a few, few hours. I'm serious. They have been my whole life. I've taken too much light. I have to have sunglasses on outside all times. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, before we transition out of maybe, you know, current day, why don't, would you mind maybe telling us a few things here? One, I would love to hear maybe like your favorite genre of music um, or the one that you like feel most connected to or enjoy the most. Um, maybe a, a band or something that you're listening to or that you, that's maybe under the radar. If you've got something like that, that'd be awesome. Um, and then up to you and, and however much you can speak and want to speak to it, but maybe what kind of, where your head's at with the future and, and maybe with what you've been told about, you know, the future by South by Southwest, if, if anything, um, again, I know that I want to be respectful of you and your relationship with South by Southwest. So please, you know, answer that at your own you know discretion, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, what's maybe let's start with your artists and uh, music genres that you're interested in. Well, it's really funny whenever, uh, um, gosh, uh, I mean, Loaded question, of course, but whenever somebody asks me about like family, plenty of those coming down the line, just like yeah. <laughs> that's fine. And I mean, you know, like um, a lot of the a lot of the times when I think of, of an artist that I really like, that I feel like they they just don't have much rec recognition. They're called the Antlers. Okay, I think they're from Brooklyn, um, but it's and I think it's three dudes, um, just an absolutely uh beautifully sounding band and uh, uh if 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 i were to tell you which uh which thing to listen to first it would be the um they have an an ep it's only four songs it's called uh undersea and it's on spotify it's on everything but those four songs are just they're just so atmospheric and you know from the cover of of the of the ep the artwork to the sound of it, it really makes you feel like you are cool. undersea, just kind of floating along. And um, I think one of my favorite things about them is that they have a trumpet player that um, that kind of loops uh, these really long trumpet tones and just kind of build them. And oh, cool. one guy, and he's got like all these loops going on and, and, and by the time you know the song is is at its peak, you've got this just layer of horn sounds, um, you know, from 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 nothing essentially. Yeah. At the beginning. That's cool. It's a very emotional band. Um, there's there's an album that they did called Hospice, um, and it's a uh, emotional for probably uh, it's, obvious it's, reasons. <laughs> and it, uh, yeah, it's it's. Uh, um, it's a concept album, so all the songs are uh, related to this lady that's uh, dying, and um, there's a, a nurse, this hospice nurse, that's working with her, and it's kind of coming from her perspective, and um, you know, kind of the, the relationship that they have, and how the cancer patient kind of resents her at first, and they eventually, um, you know, get along, and, and this person all the while is taking care of this, you know, person who's dying. And wow. I'm telling you, I'm almost getting emotional thinking about that album. Yeah, it's one of the best things. I'll tell you, like, you know, cool. I'm excited. Yeah, I wrote that down. She's nearby. Listen to it with your wife. You know, yeah, it's it's, it's amazing. But 
But just a quick, you know, a quick get into them. Um, that under CEP for sure is so good. Um, then they had a, a pretty commercially successful album called Burst Apart with uh, with more kind of like standard songs. Um, uh, but uh, you know, when somebody asked me about them, like or about a, a band that they that they uh, should kind of know about, that's who I go to. And it sucks because they haven't had anything in like five years or something. Oh. Like. Yeah, so I'm really, really antsy to, to see something new come out. Huh? Yeah. And I've only I, seen them like twice live, I think. Are you, have you heard of Yaysayers? Mm-hmm. So, Yaysayer? Is that, yeah, is that, that's like what pops in my mind with like the horns, but I don't know why, like just a unique sound, or like kind of in my head, but I don't, I've never listened to them, so I have no idea what they sound like, but I don't know why that was the one that popped in my head. <laughs> yeah, I actually, you know, um, they're definitely one that uh, I'm, Gosh, I'm pretty sure they've been to stuff by multiple times. Like, yeah, that's the other thing is like all the thousands of bands, you know, over 10 years that I've, you know, seen the names of and everything. It's just you ask yeah. me like who's supposed to play like this year or who, who played yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Just a, a mesh of names in your head, yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> so yeah, there's definitely like one that I've always seen and they're always on like the festival yeah. list and everything, but I actually haven't listened to them either. Yeah. Yeah. They're unique. They're they're a weird sounding I don't know, that's the best way to describe. It's just a very unique sound. But Thanks. anyway. Yeah. What kind of uh what do you subscribe to like a specific kind of genre of music? Um I don't know if I necessarily like to subscribe to one, but like, I, it's really interesting. It, it, it just depends on where I'm at. <laughs> that's how I am. That's how I am yeah. too. And I, I'm, I, always, like, I'm a little all over the place. For sure. It's so cliche. It's so cliche to say, I, know. Like, I, know. I listen to everything. Then I mean, like, but but you yeah. grew up in Solomon, or like you you lived in Solomon for a while, so I know you got a little country every once well, yeah. in a while. You probably you know like you got well, yeah. country roots. You got oh yeah, I, roots, I, I love country. I love Willie Nelson, especially here yeah. in Austin. I love Willie um, Sturgill Simpson, who's you know not necessarily country, but uh, he's he's good. Really, yeah. that last album, that soulful like, sound. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that 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 old soul country. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I really like the old beachy stuff. Um, Beach Boys are, are sure. pretty much my number one. Um, right there with the Beatles. Uh, it's like obvious everybody says that kind of stuff. But honestly, the Beach Boys for me, it's like it, that, a lot of that stuff came from one guy's mind. And Brian Wilson, it's just insane to me that, that he had all of that in his head and pretty much, you know, built up that surf and car movement of the, uh, of the early, you know, sixties. Yeah. And then went on to do, you know, one of the best albums of all time with pet sounds. And then, um, uh, after pet sounds, it was like, it was like, you know, that's when he kind of started being more recluse and, 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 um, just kind of making music instead of performing music out live. And a lot of those albums after pet sounds were really good. They had like, some really rich songs and rich harmonies that yeah. it just didn't get the radio play because it wasn't the same stuff, you know? And there's the whole famous like feud between him and his cousin, Mike Love and, and, and how yeah. Mike Love wanted to keep to the formula and all that kind of stuff. Um, I highly recommend um, Love and Mercy, the movie, if you haven't seen it, 
It's a um, Paul Dano plays Brian in the uh, that sounds era, and then uh, John Cusack plays him in like the the present day, which is like the eighties at that time. Um, cool. Really, really good. Really good film. Um, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross uh, actually helped with the uh, the scoring of that. So it's kind of dark, um, but Beach Boys. So it's <laughs> it's interesting. Cool. Cool. That's cool. Yeah, I wrote that down. I'll check that out. Um, what has been, or as we kind of like look to, maybe as you look to the future a little bit, um, or, or start thinking about that, it's definitely, definitely something I'm assuming that's on your mind, you know, uh, something you're thinking about and potentially a little anxious about and, and stressed about, but what, what do you know? Like what's, if you, if you can, if you can say again, like whatever you can say, but you know, what, what's kind of the the next steps, you know, what are you waiting for from South by Southwest and kind of what are you looking at for your, for your next steps as for you individually, Elliot? Um, well, for the, for the company, I, you know, I can be honest, I don't know. Um, cool. And uh, even though I have uh, really good friends that still work there, um, it's not something that, that, you know, that I feel like is, is necessarily, we're asking them because you know they're still they still work there it's yeah you know i don't want to i don't want to really kind of you know dig up that kind of unnecessary yeah. conversation um what i do know is that they that they they still have like all the years of rich history they have you know backgrounds yeah. of, of of video and, and audio and things like that that i think that they can you know use their social media to their advantage with and, and photos and things like that mm -hmm. um, and use that social media. They, uh, the film festival worked with uh, Amazon recently to cool. feature a lot of the, um, the films that were going to be at the South by film festival um, on uh, Amazon prime video. Uh, and I believe they opened that to the public. So you didn't actually have to have your prime account. Um, to cool. view those and that was for a week I think um, for that free version and I'm not sure I have to check in if those if those uh, films are still um, still on on there to stream um, whenever you have a service I have to check um, no worries. but um, I, I think that was really cool um, it was neat seeing one of my friends who works in the film festival um, introduce one of the uh, you know one of the, the, the features um, whenever you clicked on it on Amazon. So that was cool. And, and, you know, I just honestly don't know. And I, and, and, um, uh, to be honest, there's just, there, there's no reason to speculate and, and, yeah. um, and I'm not going to, and that, you know, That's cool. that, that place gave me 10 years of, of just absolute glory. And, and I mean, to, to be able to, to, you know, get into that right after, right after college, using, uh, my degree, uh, so like cool. the fullest music Great. business degree. Uh, yeah. What else do I do? Go into the music business. And I mean, you know, uh, uh, a lot of other people weren't as fortunate because that was after, you know, that was after the, 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 the big uh, yeah. um, uh, downfall in 2008 yeah. and everything. So, you know, I was, I've just been blessed all these years. And, and, and um, you know, I, I'm, I'm honestly pretty happy with how the um, unemployment um you know, compensation has been yeah. easy right now with the, Good. you know, the, the, they've, they've lifted all the, um, the requirements, you know, not having to, 
get a job interview and like five times a week or something right now because right. nobody's interviewing anybody. Yeah. So I'm able to, you know, I'm able to, to, to still have money. And that's the, that's the main thing right now for me is, is it, it's important that I, that I'm just able to pay my rent, you know, um, yeah. you know, to it, live. Exactly. And that's the main thing that I think yeah. a lot of people are struggling with. It's just like, why the heck <laughs> we live without yeah. paying so yeah. much money, you know, like, know. why do we have to pay all this money? I, and I live in a small apartment. I live in an efficiency apartment, you know, and, and, and I'm not downtown or anything like that. Sure, yeah. I'm pretty close, but, but I'm still paying out the ass for this little thing. And I've been here like in the same yeah. apartment for like eight years, I think in this one, maybe nine years. I can't remember. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm so grateful for, to be completely honest. I mean, my wife's, my wife's working from home now and, you know, we're, we're still working, we're still doing our thing and, and not much has changed for us. And I feel very grateful. I feel very blessed to be in that situation. I mean, there's so many people across the country, across the world that just aren't in that same, you know, situation and and i'm yeah. i'm very blessed and i and i'm happy to hear that you're doing okay and, and you're able to you know grocery shop and pay your rent <laughs> well i mean you know it's 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 interesting to me that like this time of year usually um uh is is kind of the uh the post uh post south by depression for a lot of people sure because you know we we work on this thing year round and then it happens and then all yeah. of a sudden it's over yeah, it's like, pour so much of your blood, sweat, and yeah. tears into it for you know. Yeah, and even though you're on, the, even though you're working on the one for next year, you're just like, oh man, like oh dang, I did all that, it's over now. I gotta do, like oh, so uh, yeah. it's been interesting though, like to to literally not have anything to do right yeah. now, yeah. Uh, and you know, been playing a lot of video games and <laughs> yeah, yep, me too. <laughs> I just acquired a uh, PlayStation Four myself. Uh, actually, Saturday, so that's my, uh, that's my main go up in the world. Yeah, <laughs> that's my main go-to. I actually have uh, uh, I actually have the PS Four and Xbox and the the Nintendo Switch. So I'm a little oh boy gamer. I, oh I, boy. <laughs> to be fair, the Xbox and the Switch were both gifts to me. So <laughs> there you go. The so PlayStation Two myself. I had a friend that upgraded and said he got an upgraded, you know, PS4. I don't, I don't know what that means exactly, but he's like, yeah, I'm just going to donate it. Do you want it? And I was like, uh, yeah. <laughs> he probably got the uh, the Pro, uh, which uh, is, is like, it has like the HD graphics and has like more uh, memory on it. Um, uh, so, that, I mean, it's essentially that's, that's what the newer one is right now, but then the PS5 is coming out. Uh, right. I know. I heard like, that. In a few months, like later this year, and I'm definitely getting that. Yeah, yeah, I probably won't. But well, <laughs> I was thinking about it. See, I was like waiting for the PS5 because it seemed silly to get the PS4 when the PS5 was coming out. Sure, but so, you know, I mean, you know, but yeah, I now have a lot of time on my hands, Jane. <laughs> yes, yes. I, do. Good I, for you. I got the uh, the VR, the PlayStation VR. Oh, cool. Uh, was on a uh, major sale last year, like Christmas time. And uh, and I uh, got that as a gift for myself, and uh, I think that's just amazing. I mean, it's it's so cool to play. There's so much cool stuff. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I've yet to do, to really try like the true VR, but mm -hmm. the same guy that I was talking about, he has the VR as well. I just haven't tried it yet. So 
gotta, gotta jump fun. in there. It's yeah, fun. that sounds awesome. Well, dude, let's uh, let's throw it back. Let's let's go back in time and um, throw it back to childhood and and learn a little bit more about you. Let's start off in, in and yes, yes, we'll fill up. We'll. Uh, can you still hear me? Yep. All right, I'm going to ask the questions, and you can think about it as you go, all right? All right. So, uh, you know, thinking about childhood is really where we're at, and uh, what was your childhood like? Um, you know, what was your experience growing up, uh, little Elliot, growing up? <laughs> oh, man. Well, like I said earlier, I was born in Canada. Um, my... Uh, oh. My mom and dad are both from uh, Sullivan and Terre Haute. My dad's from Sullivan area. My mom's from Terre Haute. Um, and uh, my sister was born in 82. And um, I think like a couple years after that, they moved up to Canada. My dad had a job up there, um, a really great job offer. So couldn't turn it down. They moved up to, to Canada. And I mean, Brampton uh, is not that far away from America or from the states, yeah. far away from Michigan. Um, it's near, near, sort of close to Toronto, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like yeah. it's essentially like the the Toronto uh, metropolis area. Um, yeah. So um, I don't remember anything from it because they moved back to uh, Sullivan. Um, I think like a I was like two and a half years old, maybe, um, sure. but. Um, yeah, moved back to Sullivan. Then, then I was raised um, in in Sullivan <laughs> from there on. Um, and uh, I don't know. I was. Uh, I think I was. I was a quiet child. That's what I was uh, told a lot. Um, I was quiet, and I studied things a lot, mm. which I I still do. You know, I, it's hard for me to to um, uh, to keep my eyes focused on on something, especially whenever I'm. Uh, like if you were here in front of me talking to me, I wouldn't really be looking you in the eye that much. I'd yeah. kind of, and I'd probably be the same way, but I'm yeah, trying really hard to do so. Yeah. <laughs> that's just how I've always been. I've just always kind of looked at other things and, and, you know, uh, I can tell you how many corners are in a room or something <laughs> spending time wandering around, but, you know, still listening. And, and, and yeah. I think that's, that's how I was growing up. And then at some point I, I got rambunctious at like in junior high, I guess like a lot of kids do. Um, and you know, I, I started acting out, I think, uh, you know, trying to get attention and, and, um, I, I, you know, never was in any major trouble or anything like that, but just being kind of obnoxious and just kind of just like all over the place and feisty. Um, yeah. and so then when I got into to high school, then I, you know, really started to just kind of be like, uh, you know, like, like I said, nothing, nothing uh, crazy, uh, troubled child or anything like that. But I was just like, blah, all over the place. And I started uh, playing music, you know, um, yeah. teaching myself how to play uh, guitar whenever I was in eighth grade. And so that's really what kind of, um, that's where my focus was. Um, and uh, to throw it back, uh, I guess, to, um, um, let's see, the, uh, yeah, mid nineties. I think uh, 1995 was whenever my my parents um, bought the uh, Sherman House uh, there on the square, uh, mm -hmm. Sullivan, and um, 
my dad fixed it up, restored it. Uh, well, both my parents did and uh, put so much work into it and uh, then um, had its grand reopening. And uh, they had so many really cool artists come through there. And I was exposed to all of this music yeah. uh, early on. And, you know, I thought it was cool uh, to, to see all these really awesome people. And, and um, even though like by, by those standards uh, as a young kid, you know, you would, you would think that you wouldn't be, you know, into, into that kind of music um, a lot of times because it's so old. It's like from my parents time, a lot of it. Um, but I appreciated it. And I knew those yeah. thoughts because I listened to the radio with my parents and, and um, you know, kind of had the, uh, the classic rock from my mom and kind of the fifties and sixties from my dad kind of stuff and the gospel. And yeah, um, cool. they had some of the, the, the most amazing people like the love and spoonful. They had them twice. And I don't know if you know who the love and spoonful is, but if I tell you the song, do you believe in magic? You know, oh, yeah. Okay. Of course. That's yeah. And, and somewhere in the city, hop down somewhere in the city. But, yeah. You know, um, and, uh, gosh, they had so many other ones, um, yeah. but twice at, at that little theater in Sullivan. And That's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. And I ran the coat room. So in the, uh, <laughs> in the, uh, in the cold months, I had a little, uh, like half door in a coat yeah. room and hand the hand over a little, uh, little dot with a number on it. And, uh, then they, they come back to me after the show and give me their dot and I give them their coat and they leave me a little step. <laughs> And That's I was awesome. good money doing that. <laughs> so, Heck yeah. Um, so that was really cool. I did that for, um, I did that. Uh, they, they had the theater for um, a few years and um, eventually sold it to Crossroads, right. which I think is just, you know, one of the, the, the coolest things that could have happened from, yeah. um, you know, my dad uh, and my mom and dad, you know, they, 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 they poured out their, their heart and soul into that place, especially my dad. That was his, you know, his dream was to, to see that place up, you know, functioning again as a nice classy theater with, with entertainment and people having a good time. And, you know, that's what he did. He, he turned that place yeah. from rubble into back into, uh, you know, where it could be walked yeah. in and, and, you know, enjoyed and, and, and people had a good time. You know, there were so many, just, you know, so many great people that came and, and, and experienced the theater and, um, the musicians themselves loved it. They had, um, J.D. Sumner and the Stamps, and J.D. Sumner and the Stamps were Elvis's backup singers. And, oh, wow, I didn't know that either. Yeah, J.D. Sumner. Learning all sorts of new things today. Yeah, and <laughs> J.D. Sumner was one of Elvis's best friends, and to have um, to have them at the theater, um, I'm, I'm not sure if they had them, uh, they had them um, at least once before J.D. passed away, and um, the, uh, the the rest of the, somebody from the group asked my, my parents if they still wanted them to come and play and my parents said well of course yeah yeah and, why not <laughs> yeah so what they did was they had a, a backing track of jd and he had like really really low deep bass voice and uh uh had the backing track of of him singing um all of these songs and then just had a little stool with a rose on it and so they performed their set without him there but you know it was like he was there <laughs> so yeah. That's cool. Really, really cool things like that. I mean, well, my, and, and the crossroads, you know, the Sherman, Sherman Building, is that what it's called? Yeah, Sherman House, Sherman Building. Sherman yeah. House. 
it's a it's a beautiful place. I mean, oh, from they the, so much more to it. Yeah, yeah, I bet. Like the gold accents, dude. I remember when the third floor wasn't finished, so I can only imagine how the rest of it was. You know, I used to, man, I, I, we had. So I don't know how familiar you are with like how I even ended up in Sullivan or whatnot, but it's my my family, my father and my mother's relationship with Eddie and Diane uh, over the years. Yeah. So my dad was a pastor for 18 years. And so Eddie and him were like good friends. When oh, my dad left the ministry. I, know. I didn't know that you were the, that you were his son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. So when, um, when Eddie left the ministry, or when Eddie, when my dad left the ministry, Eddie was one of the few people that kind of reached out to my dad. And uh, that's the reason we came there is because of that friendship. And it was like one of the only people that had his back and kind of supported us in that hard time, that transition. And so we're, my family moved to Sullivan, Indiana and the rest is history. So yeah, my, my family, uh, the only reason, you know, I know you or we're talking is because of that relationship. And, and so, so many weird connections, like thinking about that and how your family was, you know, instrumental i guess known, in crossroads so i've always cool. known that the, the 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 mcneely's like i didn't know that it was your family That's, yeah david and diane so yeah, yeah wow yeah and my parents go you know they still go to crossroads i mean obviously yeah. right now it's uh they're they're not meeting in person but sure. um um they love it and and yeah the the whole crossroads community has has definitely helped keep that building up and like i said to get back to it it's like like my dad did this thing, like had this dream and everything. And for it to end up in the hands of God is just, you know, what other, what other yeah. thing would you, would you want from, from sure. the, of your labor and, sure. and for them to still enjoying the church, you know, yeah. you know, it's not just like any church, it's a really, really fun place to be. And, and yeah, it's a rich, rich environment. Um, anybody's know that. Yeah. So, Exactly. Anybody's welcome. Anybody's welcome. And, and I think that's one of the beauties. I mean, that's kind of the beautiful thing about, you know, part of my story, you know, with even coming there, it's like in so many ways, you know, the, the Christian community kind of like turned their head against my family, you know, and Eddie was one that welcomed us in and, you know, anybody that knows Eddie and Diane, uh, and Steve and Stacy and you know that those were long friends of ours as well. We knew you know Steve and Stacy. My my parents I think knew Stacy like Josh and Stacy when they were like <laughs> tiny tiny kids. You know, so it's just kind of cool to see that and see how you know those. You're right. I mean, they're they're just so welcoming and such a such a good place, good hearts and yeah. Um, and well, we both had. I mean, at least I had Stacy in school and she was amazing. Yeah, she's awesome. Like, yeah. The, uh, so it's kind of weird because I always knew her as Stacy, you know. So yeah. it's like one of those like friendships where you're like, Mrs. Yeah, Mrs. Mrs. Hollis. Hello, friend. <laughs> Hello, Mrs. Hollis. <laughs> I'm gonna go hang out with your husband later today. Yeah. You know, yeah. so, that's great. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I'm glad that's that's a really cool connection. Glad you. That is cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was uh, thinking about that. I, I can't remember. Like I know, I can remember your mom. I don't think I remember. I mean, maybe if I saw a picture, I'm sure I would remember your dad, but I don't mm -hmm. remember your dad. But I remember, I think our our moms were, you know, they knew each other and maybe mm -hmm. were friends as well in some capacity. Yeah, I'm sure. Small small town, so I'm sure. And my mom did a lot of, uh, she did a lot of uh, substitute teaching um, whenever yeah, that's right. you and I were younger in high school. Yeah, I remember um, that. And she did remediation teaching for uh, the, the the kids that um, 
needed help passing the ice step again, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember her. I just, mm-hmm. um, I couldn't remember all the different reasons why or places that I had yeah. kind of put, put her in there, but yeah, that's really cool. I, do you remember when you were a child or like, I know you said, um, you know, I know you mentioned that you started playing music in middle school, but do you remember when, do you remember any, like, do you have any like connections to music or, you know, that as a child, like growing up or any stories related around music and well, where you are now? I'd say that the, you know, the Sherman house thing was, was really the beginning of it. Cause that's when sure. I was nine and 10 years old. Um, yeah. And uh, um, very influential. Yeah. But before that, my, um, my dad was, um, was always singing in, in church. Um, and actually both my mom and dad were in the, the choir whenever we went to, um, we went to first Christian church whenever I was younger. And, um, uh, my dad was in a quartet there and, and, um, just has a really awesome bass voice. Uh, and, um, I think that that's really my first memory is, is of, um, of my, my dad singing and, uh, my sister, um, started playing saxophone, I think in, um, middle school. Um, so I think that was probably also another exposure and, um, saxophone. Yeah, that's right. You played sax too. I remember that. Um, yeah. but like my, a hot second. <laughs> yeah. My dad played, um, whenever he was younger. And so, um, whenever I got into junior high, um, sixth grade to, to be specific, I, um, uh, started playing trumpet. So I played trumpet, um, through, I think, uh, sophomore year of high school. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, it was oh, yeah. that kind of like, like eight, we we're in the, we were in the band together. Yeah. No, that, <laughs> that, I mean, that when you said saxophone, I can remember you holding the saxophone. Yeah. That's all I was doing is just holding it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but seriously, probably more getting, often than not, I was getting like, buttons. Yeah. <laughs> is this how you play a saxophone? <laughs> oh man, I'm on my girlfriend's computer and it keeps having pop-ups going on here. Oh, know. you're good. Always. Um, but yeah, the uh, the trumpet, like uh, that's where I learned how to read music. Finally, which was was so much fun um, learning how to to actually read music in, in those early years. Um, and we always had a piano whenever I was growing up. Um, uh, it was like a electric, um, uh, Clavinova that my sister, I think when she was younger, she was, was taking lessons and then kind of got over it. But, you know, every once in a while I'd, I'd try to noodle around on the, uh, the keyboard and things like that. But eventually, yeah. like, I think it was like eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade is when I started, um, uh, playing, um, uh, bass guitar is actually my my sister um, asked for a guitar for Christmas and my dad got her an acoustic guitar and um, I asked for a bass guitar and so um, nice. I, I don't know why I was so fascinated with the bass I thought it was just really cool it's just like oh yeah four strings and they're they're low and you look kind of cool playing it you know and yeah. uh, so um, you know got the bass and I kind of um, I, man, I, I learned like every Blink-182 song there was and, <laughs> with it. and that's how I like, I learned my rhythm and my like, you know, pretty much those, those early, like easy chords, just yeah. the, the three chords that, you know, whatever. And on a bass, you're only hitting the one note with them, uh, you know, on these Blink-182 songs. Yeah. So I really learned like you, the, the, the strong roots of like the pop music that I was listening to. 
like how it starts down here, comes up here, goes back up and goes back down, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, it, it was just kind of fascinating to me That's to cool. be able to, to do that. Um, but I was also, uh, I was working whenever I was young. I mean, like um, I, I started working at um, an airplane and crop dusting business um, oh, okay. or airplane restoration repair and crop dusting business. Um, cause we grew up, by, or I, my parents still live by the airport. Um, okay. so that's where I grew up uh, by the Solomon nice. airport. And next to there was a, a business that, um, I had grown up with them and, um, yeah. they eventually moved down to Oaktown and the, the Huddlestons. And, um, so I worked, uh, for them from the time I was like eighth grade through the end of my senior year, like summer after my senior year of, of high school, um, and that was some really, really tough labor. I'm telling you, yeah, but... tough. And I was doing like eight to five or eight to six, eight to seven sure. every day of the summer. Well, like Monday through Friday, most of the time, Saturdays, every day of every summer that I was younger. And cool. in a lot of ways, no, it's not cool, Shane. <laughs> hey, it's cool. You, you made, I mean, I was pushing a lawnmower around, so yeah. <laughs> In a lot of ways, it, it was, man, it was so tough. But for, you know, for whatever reason, I stuck it out. I never really, I never really complained that much. I mean, I probably sure. complained uh, to myself a lot. But, you know, um, uh, I do owe a lot of, of um, resilience to, to having that kind of job whenever I was growing up. Because totally, you know, I was making money, so that was good. I wasn't making as much as I should have for doing the shit that I was doing, excuse my language. You did. But it was that that uh, that hard work and everything and then being able to go home at the end of the day and and buy a guitar that I paid for myself, you know. Yeah, does that feel good? Music related. So I was buying all these weird instruments and, sure. and things over those years and, and learning how to play them and, and teaching myself and so. And responsibility and saving and, you know, I mean, exactly. there's so many different life lessons and. I'm the same way. I mean, I started, you know, about the same time. I mean, we moved to Sullivan seventh grade, going into seventh grade. So you'd have been an eighth grader, I believe. Um, so that was my first year in Sullivan. And, you know, seventh, eighth grade, I was like, I was pushing a lawnmower around. My dad started working at, I think, uh, Century 21 there. And then, oh, yeah. uh, you know, I just helped mow some of their lawns for they had you know and then i started working when i got a little bit older i started working in the tropical snow over there oh the tea snow yeah with uh with that group so That's funny cool. i mean yeah it's it's part of life i mean i don't know i think they teach you lessons like those those different jobs you have and your experience growing up you know from i mean seriously think about the memories that you have and think about how those things have influenced you maybe subtly but they've they've influenced you, you know, I mean, from yeah. knowing about the relationship with some of the different uh, artists that have came in from, you know, Elvis's backup singers to, you know, whatever it is. And that's so cool. I mean, those are, it feels important. It feels like you're part of something. And I think those, yeah. those pieces, and even, you know, your current situation with uh, South by Southwest, like working for South by Southwest, when you go through events and you go through hard things, like, man, it bonds you to, binds you together it bonds you together it makes you i don't know there's something you can't take away and nobody will ever understand or or quite um quite really feel or have the same emotions around some of those different things as you do and i think that's unique and 
definitely makes us who we are today. That's for sure. Yeah. One of my favorite questions, and I haven't asked it yet, but what did you want to be when you grew up? Firefighter. Yes. I love that. I love, that's like one of my favorite questions because yeah. you get some of the greatest answers. Firefighter, I've had dump truck, I've had uh, CIA, I've had, you know, I've had it all. So yeah. That's awesome. Firefighter. Well, the first thing that I drew in uh, kindergarten, um, whenever they asked that question, I drew a, a firefighter. And not a thing, I think it was just because I couldn't think of anything else, but then I you know, started to think, I, I was like, man, that's really cool. And even yeah. like to this day, I am in love with the Chicago Fire and Chicago PD and Chicago Med series on NBC. I funny? watch those like <laughs> all the time. I love fire dramas. I, I mean, nice. it just fascinates me. And I mean, and, and, you know, even though a lot of that stuff is 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 dramatized and and, and kind sure. of up in the air, there are, like just imagine going into a burning building, yes. look, looking for like I mean, imagine. it's Sounds terrifying. It's terrifying that it, and they don't get paid enough to do it. No. Some people volunteered to do that, and you know, to me, like that's really like it's admirable to to, mm. to have people like that, man. Totally. You know, you like going in and looking for somebody's a child or looking for somebody's grandma or something and not knowing where they are and, yeah. you know, not knowing if you're going to make it back out. And it, it to me is just it, it, it's unfathomable. And, and I mean, especially just, you know, um, being around like fires, like there was a big fire in my apartment complex a couple of years ago, yeah. or, like last year or something. Just like to me, like, what the heck? Like, yeah. how, do you, how do you how do you get through that? I, I have no idea. It's it's uh, they deserve a lot of respect. That's for absolutely, sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Let's uh, let's move into that adolescent times. Kind of thinking about middle school, high school. We've we've touched on it a little bit. Um, middle school specifically. What kind of student were you like in in the middle school, high school times? Um. So, what kind of student? Like, uh, yeah, academically. Um. I'd say that's where I started to get a little more. Uh, I started to be a little more average in terms of like math. Like whenever I was growing up, like grade school and everything, I was in like these like gifted and talented classes and like Same. better reading you yeah. know, groups and stuff like that. And and you know what but, happened to us? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we we grow up and then we're like, nah, we get yeah, it. Yeah, like. <laughs> So, I mean, I think the thing, the, 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 my struggle was the math, the, um, the, the uh, kind of that like logical stuff. Whenever I was like, you know, in English and, and, and uh, anything like, um, you know, writing skills or anything like that, I was always great. I, it, yeah. That was where I, where I thrived. And, um, you know, even like history and stuff like that. If if it was something that made sense to me, if it was presented well to me, then then I really latched onto it. But um, gosh, man, I had some stinkers of math teachers, and I won't name their names, but um, we probably <laughs> both had the same one. So, yeah, man, I, we probably did. And I'm telling you, I failed one of the math classes in high school, and that was the only class that I ever failed in high school. And I'm just like. Who fails a kid in high school who's actually what? like trying? You know, <laughs> was it a male? Uh, well, actually, now that you bring it up, I may have failed two classes. <laughs> oh. 
So one's a male and one's a female. <laughs> I, uh, I, I've told this a couple of times on the podcast, but I'm, I didn't pass algebra too. That's, I mean, legit, same here. Legit, but he, geometry and algebra too. But he passed me. They were. <laughs> the, he passed me because I had a tutor. I got a tutor and uh, I was like putting in the effort, like my mom was involved, like, and I was like sports, you know, was always my big thing in high school. And so I was putting forth the effort. I would come in and talk to him. I would like have a conversation with him. So I got a D minus for effort, but I didn't pass the class. I think, I think that I, yeah. So I know who you're talking about hundred percent. Yeah. And same uh, guy. Yeah, same guy for sure. He's a nice guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Just a very, very his class. Very math teacher. Very math teacher. Yeah. Just very like numbers, 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 numbers. That's not the right number. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I think that that's probably what happened. I think I got a D minus from him, but I failed geometry. Female. <clears throat> um, and same thing. I had I had tutoring right. And, and I was doing, like, I was going through all this effort, everything, and, 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 and I didn't get anything like that. There was no, there was no sympathy at all for that. Yeah. Yeah. She was just like, she was just like, nope. I hate my life and I hate you. Bye. <laughs> See, I had, I had the other teacher. I didn't have her. I had O'Brien. I didn't I do well O'Brien. in that class either, but I, I had O'Brien to, to, to make up for the, that for failing mm -hmm. that. And he's, good. Good. he's amazing. He was such a cool dude. Yeah. I think I'm friends with him on Facebook now, which is kind of weird to be friends with your teacher. You know? Well, he was, he was so awesome. And he was an honest dude. Like he actually worked at pizza hut on the weekends. Like, like to oh, make I didn't know that. Nice. The, the pizza hut in Linton, like nice. just such a genuine guy. And he really cared. And yeah, I think he did shout out to him because he helped me pass. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. O'Brien. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I know you, you know, it's funny cause we, now we've established that you were in band and I was in band. So usually one of my questions is like, were you involved in any extracurriculars, any sports or anything like that? But, uh, band was one for sure. Were you in any other extracurriculars throughout middle school, high school? Yeah. Um, so I did, uh, well, I was always in golden air singers. Um, that's right. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I think I was the first freshman that was that was allowed in Golden Arrow Singers because sophomore um, to 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 be eligible, and I think like they needed somebody, and they were like they were like, well, there's this freshman that can kind of sing, so <laughs> I was, yeah, so yeah. Uh, that was fun, you know. Um, yeah, and uh, uh, Rudy Nichols, he was he was so cool, man. Like just just great um, um, working with this and in the music and, and mm -hmm. uh, trying to think. I, I played tennis uh, from eighth grade. I was thinking tennis. I yeah. had that one. That was what yeah. I was thinking. But tennis. I, I remember. can't remember if I played in seventh grade. I don't think I did, but uh, definitely like eighth grade through my senior year. Um, I mostly played doubles and um, I, had, I think I ended up lettering like junior or senior year. And, and cool. um, I played football in eighth grade and uh um around the time i was teaching myself to play guitar like i was playing football and i broke my finger and um um i i, I said to myself i was like well 
I really like music a lot more <laughs> than than getting uh, thrown around. So I'm done. <laughs> like you know, it's like um, I, I, I love football. I love watching football. Everything, but I'm not built for it, <laughs> especially at that time either. I mean, like because I, I was skinnier back then. I mean, like uh, I could run and stuff, but I was not really coordinated at football. I think it was all the pads and everything. Sure. Um, but I played a lot of baseball whenever I was younger. That was my first sport um, yeah. from minor league all the way up to um, um, Babe Ruth, I think was the old old league or whatever, like yeah. eighth grade or something, just before high school, basically. So I didn't play in high school. Um, and uh, yeah, pretty much uh, for high school, it was tennis and band and uh, Golden Singers. Um, were you, you were in the, you were in, uh, uh, What's it called? Theater, weren't you? Yeah, well, yeah, we did the. Um, um, I couldn't remember. I remember you being there. Like, I can almost see you on stage, but I don't I, remember what the was, play was you guys did. Or anything. I was a Frenchman. I had a okay. small part. It was a. I had a beret and like you know. Yeah, that's why I can think of it. Black stripe and like a cigarette. Yeah, and, uh, and uh, it was the the the, uh, the play was called Trial and Error or Trial and Errors, and uh, yeah, Zach was the judge. And um, Bill Pearson was the the bailiff, and um, and uh, yeah, gosh, Evan was in there somewhere, and yeah, there were a lot of us in there, and there were like a full like a uh, bunch of jury, so like a bunch of people up there. But I was like some witness, like French guy. I was a witness, and I came in, and <laughs> and like I was all creepy and stuff, and I actually like got like an award for like stole the show or whatever. <laughs> nice, nice, that's awesome. Yeah, I was. Ours was uh, Murder Runs in the Family. Oh. Was, was ours. Like a murder mystery. Like the, you know the, what is it? Knives. Uh, Knives Out. Very, I have seen that. I want to. Very similar to that, though, was like the theme. Like this clunk, but it was like kind of the opposite. Like this clunky detective. And I was the clunky detective trying to like figure things out. And I do the funniest uh, memory from that was opening night. There was one part, and I don't know how it got switched, but I don't know if it was that somebody said the line that they weren't supposed to say, and I just said the line that follows that, but we skipped a whole big bunch, like, portion, and nobody knew how to get it back on track. <laughs> I love it. So I'm up there, like, pacing back and forth. Like, it fits my role because I'm trying to, like, solve and, like, figure it out, but I have no idea how to get things back on track. And all of a sudden, like something happened and we just went with it and like i don't know it was it was one of the, i remember just like bawling afterwards like nobody knew it everybody in the audience like had no idea but i was just like terrified i was like oh my god it's like your nightmare right like i'm i have no idea if we're gonna finish this or not like stacy like said that's the first time she's ever been sitting up in the booth and being like we're not gonna finish it what do I do? We're done. Well, I mean, like, but isn't it funny like that? Like how whenever you're you're like on stage or doing something like, you know, presenting something or performing something, yeah. you make the smallest mistake from the outside perspective. But for yourself, it could be like ruining for you. And nobody and nobody even, you know, like, yeah, you only knew. <laughs> 
this whole this whole uh, this whole thing, you know, the, the yeah. crazy face human podcast is that way. I mean, I'm my own worst critic for sure. I mean, I have no idea what other people's perspective is, but man, I'm I I have high standards and expectations, so I don't know. Um, yeah, that's cool. I I I forgot about some of that stuff for sure. Um, when you look at you know growing up, you you had a sister. You said was it just you and your sister? Yep. So you, your sister, your mom and dad, how was your guys' relationship growing up as a family? Um, I mean, yeah, pretty typical. We're out in the uh, the, the country, Sullivan. Well, I mean, country-ish. We're outside of the city limits in, in Sullivan. Yeah. Um, so growing up, it was, it was interesting to not be um, uh, necessarily like around uh, other friends that I went to school with, like outside of school. Like uh, you know, other kids that lived in town. Um, mm -hmm. So I felt like uh, whenever I was younger, there was kind of that little struggle. So just kind of had to come up with stuff to keep myself entertained. You know, kids yeah. teaching myself how to play music, things like that. Um, uh, my sister and I would play, but I mean, like we would also fight. Like she was, she's uh, about four and a half, five years older than me. Um, she would beat up on me. I'm telling you. I, I'm telling you. And because I'm a sweet kid too, I didn't <laughs> <talk> back. <laughs> but I, you know, like it was, it was just like, yeah, we we, um, you know, we just kind of made do. And I mean, um, uh, we were, you know, pretty comfortable financially, and 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 um, you know, thankfully never had to really worry about um, things like that. Um, but. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's interesting. It's like I like everybody has um, um, yeah tough time. Don't know any different because it's the only thing you had to to you know compare it to in some in some ways. I'm sure. Yeah, um, and that's not to say we didn't have tough times, but I mean, um, of course, family. You know, being blessed. Uh, you know, we 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 uh, got through it, but um, you know, I, I think um, the the relationships between family members are always inter interesting because you can learn a lot. Um, it can, uh, a lot can stay with you. You know, there's a lot of stuff from my childhood that I, that I, you know, will just have with me. And, and I'm not saying that it's like terrible yeah. things, but it's, it's things that'll, that'll, you know, maybe, uh, um, make me a little bit different from the next person. Um, here and there. um but I'd say the, the the main thing overall was um, it was always faith, uh, faith in God, um, faith in Jesus, and and uh, you know not not um, not being uh, overly judgmental to other people. Yeah, um, I, it's it's interesting. Like my family, are, I, I feel like we're, all, we're we're some humble people. The the four of us. And I mean, um, you know, my, my mom had cancer whenever I was uh, uh, young in high school. I think I was a sophomore, maybe freshman. Um, and so during that time, um, my sister was in college, away at college, uh, Purdue. And my dad was working um, on the road with his job at that time. He, he um, always traveled. And so I took care of my mom um, going through uh, chemotherapy and, and yeah. And going through yeah. things like that, and a lot of that uh, really, really um, kind of helped, uh, you know, hit things home for me. How how important my family is, and um, 
especially the three of them, you know, my sister and my mom and dad, um, because we, we have been there the whole time. I mean, came like from Canada. I mean, why did I come from Canada? <laughs> you know, yeah. Like, yeah. It, you know, um, and, and great to have, um, really good aunts and uncles and cousins, especially, and, um, you know, most of them in the area, but yeah, I'd, I'd say, um, growing up like anybody else, we had, um, um, some tough times, um, emotionally, um, you know, dad, my dad and I would, would clash a lot of times. Um, sure. but you know, I think that's a kind of a common thing that, uh, the, the dad wants the son to, you know, do these things that he knows is, is actually yeah better for the son. And then, you know, the son sometimes doesn't recognize that, but it's <laughs> not just always the father and son. You can say the same thing to one of your friends. Yeah. You, I mean, I've, I've had friends that I'm just like, I would, I would love to, to tell them that they are doing something so absolutely wrong because I can see it and I've been through it. Yeah. I just know that I can't say it because it's, right. you, you know, have to be there, you know, you have to support them and, and to yeah. love them and not have their back throughout, throughout all of it. I mean, I think that's really important. It's that unconditional, you know, love in so many ways that, um, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the ragamuffin but, gospel. Exactly. Yeah. Have you read that book? I haven't read the book. It's a. It's a. It's a. Not the easiest to read. It's harder to get into. At least whenever I was reading it, I haven't. I haven't read the one by Brennan Manning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's, I, I, it's I've, good. I've considered reading it because the thing to me is that, like, I saw you know his his original, um, you know, kind of ragamuffin uh, uh, speech or whatever. Um, yeah. And um, I, th I think he's a little more old school um, in his roots, but what he was saying was, was uh, phenomenal. So yeah. my, my best, um, my best um, take from the ragamuffin thing is Rich Mullins, the, uh, the, 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 the musician singer of, yeah composer of all these amazing songs that, that he, people don't know who he is, but like he lived, he lived that life. Like, yeah. and, and, uh, I think that, um, you know, his way of kind of retelling it was, was just so much more modern and so much, you know, closer to home. Yeah. It's, uh, it's cool to hear. I know, you know, I know that here, your take or your perspective, I guess, uh, on your faith and, and on, you know, Christianity in general. Um, I feel like that's very much what me and my friends in college, especially kind of prescribed to and uh, subscribe to, I guess, ourselves and, and kind of living that out and the red letters of Jesus, you know, being important. And, you know, honestly, and I've said it on the podcast uh, a few times now, but I don't, I don't call myself a Christian anymore. And, um, it has nothing to do with what you're talking about and, and the love of people and, and um, you know, that the red letters of Jesus, you know, I think that those have, have a very strong uh, place in this world and, and in my life as well. You know, uh, um, I owe a lot of my values and a lot of my character and, and a lot of who I am to my faith uh, in the past. And I just, I just have different, different views now. Um, I was a youth ministry major growing up, you know, in, in college and, um, I, I reached the point that I just decided that wasn't necessarily, it took time, you know, and, and it's been a process, I guess, for me of kind of 
I don't know, breaking down and uh, figuring out who I am and, and, and what yeah. I believe and what I want. But I tell you what, there's nothing, you know, it doesn't mean that there isn't uh, value or truth to be had, you know, throughout those different, uh, you know, I guess within <clears throat> the Christian faith and within what we're talking about, you know, and, and yeah, I, I, I have value in it as well. And, the, the the problem is the problem is that humans have destroyed Christianity. That, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's such a a stigma, and you know, such a a bad term now to even say Christianity, and and it's even worse of a term to say religion. You know, and um, that's why a lot of times I say faith. I am still I I do consider myself a diehard Christian, mm-hmm. but. I, I what I'm uh, what I'm diehard about is not you know bastardizing bastardizing this yeah. the whole um, the whole reason uh, behind it uh, the the reason it started is because it was about loving people who need to be loved yeah. it wasn't about patting somebody on the back and 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 just kind of you know like oh we did this great today oh we'll do this great tomorrow. It's no, it's, it's you do your thing to, 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 yeah, to love everybody mm-hmm. and, and to, to, to find yourself, you know, using your skills to talk to people. And I mean, I've talked to so many like homeless people in Austin. It's, yeah. it's, it, it's unreal to me. Um, like how, how many people will just pass them by. Yeah. And like, you know, I've seen, I've seen people spit on somebody before. I mean, it is just unreal to me. That's a human being. And in a lot of cases in Austin, yeah, there's people that pretend to be homeless, but when you see a real homeless person, you know it. And, and, and to me, they need love and, and, and just like anybody else, it's just, yeah, you're the, 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 I don't know. It, it, to me, it's it's weird. The people that are preaching on TV to get money and things like that. Um, yeah. Mega churches, giant. Literally selling churches. snake oil to people yeah. saying that it's going to like, people that have <laughs> like cure them from COVID. Like, come on. You, there's a special place big, in hell for you if you believe steel, it. <laughs> like big steel, like, 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 you know, weird um, signal, like symbols behind them. Like that's <laughs> some false prophet stuff. Yeah, it's weird. And they're, and they're preaching in the name of, of, of God. And they're and the thing that happens is people take that as the, the face value. They take that as as what right. Christianity is. They're they're thinking that, oh, like, well, they're Christian, then they must hate gay people, hate this and that. Yeah. Love yeah. guns. This you know, yeah. and, and to me, that's the saddest part, is because you can look at other sides of it and people aren't so quick to to judge. It's yeah. just Christianity over the years. people have given it a bad name i mean like my family and i we've left church churches before because uh they they've just been saying things that are ridiculous we went to one one time they said uh they said for all the new people here today um we want you to put down your information and we're gonna have the uh the the church committee vote and see if we want you to come back what the hell like are you are you kidding me yeah what kind of what kind of cult is that yeah we're gonna gonna vote and see if we want you back oh my god okay okay 
Yeah. So it's things like that, man. And that's why I like Crossroads. That's why I like mm. the kind of like, you know, non-denominational things where they just preach yeah. the word of Jesus, the word of, of Christ and not the old things that are scary and hellfire and brimstone and all that. It's things that are going yeah. on in daily life, man. And that's all that yeah. people need to hear and, and, and for it to just be so systematic. And I mean, I don't want to get into another part of religion, but I, I, I'm not going to because, you know, there could be yeah. different kind of listeners that have different kind of faiths of Christianity. But sure, there are cer certain denominations that really do cause the problems. So, yeah, yeah. that's all I want to you know, and I agree with you, man. That's the thing. And and uh, just because of, you know, my beliefs or disbeliefs or whatever, it doesn't mean that I don't agree with, um, you know, the the facts of what you're saying and, and the truth. And I think, you know, again, uh, if anything, there's there's values and mor morality and, and just character that you get to, to learn how to like live your life to the best to, that you can be. And um, I think there's real value in some of that for sure. So, so can thank I you for sharing. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Where where did um so where are you at now in, in terms you say you're you know, I um call yourself a Christian. What um yeah. what's what's up? <laughs> I don't mean yeah. that bad that I you know like like literally like what's what yeah. No, that's cool. Um you know, it was uh my junior year of college, I believe, um was when really my faith kind of started to, I would say, unravel. Um, and for me, um, I think it was a conscious thing of like just deconstructing, you know, my faith and figuring out what I believe. Um, one of my buddies were sitting, we were actually, have you, have you heard of the Irresistible Revolution by Shane Claiborne? The what revolution? Irresistible Revolution by mm -hmm. Shane Claiborne. You should read that. You should read that book. It's a short little book. It's quick, little easy read. It's good. And it's going to be right up your alley. A little bit on the extreme side of um, like loving people and being, you know, possession, you know, but the, I don't know, the book itself is good. And this was the book that we were kind of talking about. And in there he talks about God and war and um, all these different things. And I had a stance, my buddy had a stance and we were talking, we we're debating back and forth, which was a common thing amongst my friend groups. But we, uh, he goes, I had said something and he goes, but why do you believe that? And it's such a simple little phrase, right? Such a simple thing that started it all for me and really forced me. I didn't have an answer. And I was like, I don't know, you know, like, I, I don't know. And, but it stuck with me and I started to think and think and think over the next you know, month, uh, two months. And, and the thing that I really came back to and the thing that I really settled on was that's what I've always known. That's what I was taught. This is just like, it wasn't what I believed. It wasn't what I thought. It was what I was just taught. It's what I was told. Um, and so, you know, that really started the deconstruction in, of some ways in my faith. And me being in uh, the ministry, a, a ministry major, and I, man, I had every Bible class under the sun, right? You know, like Old, New Testament, First Corinthians, Second Corinthians. I mean, I took it all. Like, I had all of that. I had biblical Hebrew, biblical Greek. I've had, you know, yeah. all all the i've had all the classes you know like i've had all the training and stuff oh, and can you tell me what this says on my tattoo no i couldn't tell you that's one of those classes i got another d in. <laughs> yeah that was uh, i passed all right. degrees right <laughs> um, but uh yeah so 
<laughs> yeah, no, I can't tell you, but um, yeah, just interesting. So, I, you know, I had questions, I guess, and, and some things that I just didn't really like or, um, you know, some of it for me as well is like, man, it's really, when you look at how the Bible is, um, how it is translated, I mean, <laughs> that process is interesting uh, as well. And, you know, there's, I don't know, it's just, I had more questions at the end of it and I left my college fine. I didn't want anything to do with being a youth pastor. Or, you know, that's what I was being trained to do. Another large part of it for me was I just didn't appreciate the authenticity. You know, I didn't think that they were being authentic. I thought that, you know, you get this, like anybody can play music, turn it down low, turn the lights down low a little bit and say some, some nice words and get you to, to do whatever you want to do, you know? Um, and I, I just didn't appreciate that. I, I was taught how to do that. I was taught how to set a set the mood, set the the room, and um, I'm just not a fan of that. I don't think that's authentic and, and true to to who and what um, you know the Christianity is. Um, to be completely honest, and so that's a really that's a that's a big hang up for me. Um, but it's a lot of things. It's it's a mixture of things. Um, what I believe now, man, good question. I I honestly I think that we're more interconnected than, than ever. And um, I think that there's a specific image of God when you think of different religions and different, you know, whatever that might be, whether it's Christianity or Buddhism, Hinduism, Judaism, whatever it is, you know, Islam, um, everybody has an image of God. I, I, I think that there's a higher power, call it God if you want, that's cool. Like, I don't care what you call it, right? I think it's the same idea, same concept. Uh, we're, we're talking about the same thing, but um, I don't know. I think that more, I think a more uh, hippie approach maybe <laughs> uh, is I just think that, you know, living things are way more interconnected than, mm. than ever. And I think that, um, that we have to take care of each other and love each other and, and be there for each other. Just like you're saying, I mean, it, there isn't a whole lot of difference necessarily, I guess, of, of maybe what I believe and what I don't believe, you know, of what we believe. Um, probably more of the things I just don't believe, you know, I don't, I don't know that, you know, Jesus is the son of God and he came back from the dead. And I, I don't know that I believe that, uh, as a matter of fact, I, I don't think I do believe that. And, and so how can I call myself a Christian if I don't believe that, you know, that's fundamental to the Christian faith in, in my opinion. So I'm not a Christian. I just don't believe that. Um, it doesn't, again, it doesn't mean that I don't believe in the values and the, and the things that are important. Um, and I'm still going to treat people and love people and, and take care of them and, um, the best that I can and, and try to live my best life. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's funny because I've had this, I have this conversation a lot because the minute you say you're not, um, generally with people that do have some sort of faith or, um, they usually have a lot of questions, you know, and it's funny because I feel as I get, older and as I've kind of removed myself and separated myself from that, that I'm, I'm more at peace about it than ever. And uh, I don't find that need to defend myself, if that makes sense. And when I was growing up in the faith and growing up in Christianity and throughout college and all this, I felt like I constantly had to like defend myself. And, um, you know, my wife and I have had many conversations about this and she's like, almost the opposite now. She's like, I feel like you, you feel like you have to defend yourself against not believing. I'm like, I do kind of feel that way, you know, because of my background and, and where I am. And it's just interesting. Cause I, I just really don't like, I, I mean, 
my life would be easier if I still had faith in it, you know? I mean, flat out, you know, I think that there is a value to it. I think there is value value to, to believing in something greater than yourself. And um, I'm just not there. And I'm not saying it's gone forever, I guess, but it's not. It's not there now, and, and I'm okay with that. And letting go of my faith and letting go of the church and letting go of, of all of that was a really big step for me. And um, it took a lot of time. It took a lot of conversations. It took a lot of me accepting myself and accepting where I was and just being like, you know what? It's okay. I don't have to. And I remember the, the first moment I was in San Diego working at the nonprofit. I remember that first moment that I gave myself permission not to go to church. And uh, I just said, you know what? It's okay. You don't have to go. And it was the biggest weight off my shoulders I feel like I've ever had. And I don't know. I think my perspective is different. Obviously, I grew up in the ministry. My dad was a pastor for, for many years. And uh, left that and you know my my family continued you know believing in their their faith we had strong faith growing up and obviously you know I chose a major that was related around that but I don't know for me I'm I'm okay I I, I believe I don't know I'm I'm open I'm accepting to a lot of different ideas and thoughts and I'm very open-minded to things and um, I keep an open perspective but that's my tangent. <laughs> I mean, that, that, that totally makes sense. If you're going to, to school for something, then it's going to blast it in your head. A peek behind the curtain. More than you want. And yeah. I, I don't and, – and where you're saying, like, like they had you, like, studying how to, like, set the, 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 set the mood and stuff. Like, no, yeah. I, I get what you're saying, and I – and oh my gosh, man, like, and I know like that that's how a lot of it is. And that is just the, like, it's, it's so beyond the point of, of what they should be doing. Yeah. And, 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 and I don't go to a church. I haven't been to a church in a while. Yeah. Um, and the last one that I went to, they started getting really, really weird like that. And, yeah. um, and then like, like the, week or two after I stopped going, I started seeing this guy who was like the, like the um, assistant pastor on a Ford commercial. That's here in Austin, like, like him and his family on a Ford truck commercial. And I'm like, okay, I know you're an actor now. It's like, you know, yeah, it, 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 it's just mind blowing to me how um, people can take, um, they, they can take advantage of people at their worst. They yeah. make them feel like even worse and then bring them back up. Like yeah. you, you have your financial, your financial problems. You have your wedding problems. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to get worse. Yeah. I'm going to bring you back. Well, it's yeah. not me. I'm not bringing you back. It's not the human standing up there on the stage. Yeah. Nothing like that, man. It's like, right. that's why I have my faith is because I have my faith in God, Jesus in my self. It's not about, and I've talked to I've talked to a couple of people about how right now, like people are freaking out because they can't go to church. How many times do you think in the in history it has happened where people weren't physically around, like able to go to church, yeah. be around each other? A right. lot, a lot. I mean, especially yeah. like even when Jesus was alive. Like, there's a lot of different pieces to that, and I don't I don't need to to bash it any more than it already it's been exposed for what it is, but you know, um, yeah, all I'm saying, all I'm saying is like, yeah, it, 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 like as a, as a Christian, 
I feel bad for for people that have had such a terrible like. Same, man. Uh, and, and I have had even terrible times with it. I've had yeah. some of the weirdest experiences, like whenever I was younger in, in in church and stuff. And I always just tuned it out. It's like it's like, yeah, yeah that's not me. But it's like I still have my my own like little faith. Like, yeah, you know? good and for I, you. And and I, I honestly like I. That's the thing. That's the beautiful thing. Like I, it's interesting because I think you and I align way more than some of my other, you know, some of the other conversations I've had with people. But there are some people that I can't, I can't be honest with, like where I'm at, yeah, or what I believe because it's then it's just a debate, and I don't need a debate. Again, I don't, I don't need that, and um, I feel you know differently here. But it's interesting because I can say if I say like, well, I actually think that what I believe is like gives God more power than what you believe. You know, I, I, I have more faith than you do, you know, and um, or like, it's cool that you believe what you do and, and I'm going to believe what I believe. And I think that that's beautiful as well. And the problem, the problems and the issues that I have are when that's not OK. Yeah. You know, when you feel like it's not OK or you have to push an agenda for me yeah. and I just don't need that. Like, it's cool. Like, it's OK that I believe what I believe. And you know what? At the end of the day, if if honestly, if the the Jesus that I've read about and that the Christian faith talks about is real and true and and what it is, then I think that when if that time comes and I, there is a heaven and I stand there and do all of that, like I'm gonna be okay, you know, because I'm gonna live my life in a way that's that's good and pure and honest, and and I think that that's gonna be I'm gonna be fine, um, but I don't really believe that so at the end of the day like i'm i'm in a good place i'm happy and i'm i'm good you know i'm not trying to be an asshole to people i'm not trying to like you know put down the lgbtq plus community i think that that's ridiculous i'm not trying to tell people they're going to hell for listening to a song or exactly that's saying like i just don't care about that like anybody that puts down the rules yeah, anybody that puts down somebody that's like how how they're living right now in the name of God is not. It, I mean, they may call themselves a Christian, but that's not the actual belief. Yeah, it's pretty all gross. Those, those signs and stuff that the God hates yeah, back. Those kind I don't of know what the, like the West that stuff. That's a bunch of actors for sure. Anyway, man, like well, I hope it's actors. I, I hope so because. My fear is that it's not actors. It's actually yeah. somebody believes that. <laughs> and I mean, like, yeah, for sure. That's, yeah, like that's, that's inevitable. But that's, the, that's where I'm getting back to it is, man, like those people just have nothing to do, yeah. nothing to do with, with, with uh, the way I, you know, the way I think of yeah. it. And, and, unfor- exactly, and, and, and sorry, go ahead. Like, uh, <laughs> really quick. Uh, no, you're good. We were saying that about having to like defend yourself, like, Whenever I first moved to Austin, um, over these like ten years or whatever, that's whenever I really first started seeing, experiencing people that didn't have the the Christian upbringing, and cool. and so I was you know the odd man out, and I have been for for all these years. But I have friends that are both. I have friends that are Christian, yeah. I have friends that are not, and and we don't um, we don't argue. And that's what you were saying is that like. Yeah. You, you, you got to find the balance. And I mean, like, I don't preach to people, but whenever somebody wants to hear what I have to say, um, like right now, then I will, yeah. I'll say like the, the reasons that I have for, for having faith in, in, in what I believe is right. Yeah. And, and, and just kind of hoping that people understand that not, not every Christian uh, is, is 
a bad, you know, yeah, you know, like person that's that's out there just kind of with a with a pitchfork and stuff, you know. I know, and that's the thing, right? I mean, it unfortunately, and this is what I was going to say is that throughout, I mean, there's so many different things, right? Everything kind of has this like one bad apple can ruin it, you know. And I think that you know, if there's one thing, this is maybe not as closely tied to you know their faith and religion and Christianity, but we got, man, we have to find a way in society to find a path back, uh, find a path back redemption. You know, we all, we all mess up. We're all screw up, you know, and even some of the worst screw ups in the world. I mean, some of the things are just terrible and horrible and, you know, whatever, man, we've got to find a way. We've got to find a way to just as a society as a whole of saying like, you know what, like, I forgive you, you know, and let's like, let's, let's take steps forward. And I don't think that, I think that's a societal thing and it spills over into the Christian faith and into religion in general, but I don't know. That's just my own personal take. Yeah. I, it's, I don't know. Um, we're all over the place. It's red. No, I mean, not, not, not you and I, I'm saying oh, like, yeah. Yeah. no, like, yeah. um, like it's either Republican or Democrat or it's, Gotta pick one. Yeah. Or it's you know red or blue, or it's it, it, yeah. it's always been like one or the other, and everybody's always talking about that they love they would love if there's this little thing in the middle, but there's never nobody wants to make an effort to do it. Yeah, there's never going to be that strong middle because there's always going to be these extremes, and they're getting further extreme left and right. You know, yeah. It, it's, there's it's a lot of blowing like how how there's there's no longer it's not it's no longer Democrat and Republican. It's like it's like do it's my you side want or your side or do you hate guns? Yeah. Do you want God or do you hate God? Like yeah. do you you know want abortion or do you hate abortion? Right. Do you do you like uh, gay rights or do you not? Like Yeah. Well, it can't, and it can't be there can't be like mutually exclusive. They can't yeah. be. It's like no. not it's not okay. There's no way. And there, and there, there never has been a way, and that's why each side gets so mad whenever they don't have their yeah. way. It's so it, true. Yeah, like, you can talk to anybody, whoever's a diehard uh, Democrat or who's a diehard Republican. It's like, it's like they're always mad about something. You know? Yep. Somebody. Yep. Somebody's always. Man, so true. So true. Dude, we've been uh, a little all over the place. Uh, I love this conversation. We're at two hours, so I just want to check in with you. You you good? Can I can uh we still have time or, or yeah. do you need to okay, good. cool. I actually do need to uh go take a leak. I'll be right back. All right. <laughs> uh, as we you know, as we're talking and as we're listening, guys, I wanna say thank you for, for tuning in. If you're this far, two hours in, man, you've heard a little bit of everything and, and you've gotten a real a real taste, I guess, of, um, you know, Elliot and myself and some of our, our thoughts and, and feelings about different issues. And I hope that you enjoy that. I hope it's something that you have um, had a good experience with. And um, I'm going to play around with some of the different features here while we're waiting. I can actually just move it to one screen, screen as well, which is pretty cool. Um, and I can always add him back in. But yeah, thank you guys for, for tuning in. Right now, hey, if you're if you're listening, go 
check out. You can see down below, we've got the banner, crazyfaceuno.com. You can go to the Crazy Face Uno on Instagram. It's Crazy Face Uno on uh, Twitter and Facebook. Um, YouTube, you can find us on YouTube as well. Just search Crazy Face Uno. And uh, yeah, we've got some some uh some cool you know different things going on out there if you go on our instagram you can find our uh, it's called link tree if you click the website and you'll get a link to all of our different channels that we're on for the podcast whether that's just audio um, our youtube channels on there our facebook page um, and of course i have to ask and i have to uh encourage you but like share uh check all those out i mean a subscription, you know, when you hit that subscribe button on YouTube or uh, iTunes or all of those, it makes way more of a difference than you ever think it probably would uh, for someone starting out and doing a, a business like this. So check it out. Go hit the like button, hit the follow button, hit the subscribe button if you've got the chance. Uh, we appreciate it. Elliot's back, so we're going to keep on going. What's up? Hello. Um, <laughs> he's feeling better. He's ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised I've made it this long. I like, I've like drank all my water. It's oh, like, oh, no, so you feel yourself. I know, I know, I know. Wanna, so, I have my koozie over here. Right? I have my koozie over here. I just didn't have an adult beverage today. I just decided I didn't, I didn't need one. I don't yeah. know. I probably needed one. I was. It's been a weird day today, Elliot. I'm not gonna lie. It's been a weird day. Well, dude. Um, I have just a couple more questions to be completely honest, but I I'm interested in, you know, if we go <laughs> backtrack a little bit, I would be interested in just like finding out how, you know, what kind of led you to your college decision and, and majoring in music. Oh, I mean, you know, just pretty much what I was uh, saying whenever I was yeah. younger and just growing up and especially like in high school, I got more into it and then eventually uh, had a band uh, do you remember, you remember Sidus, the band that I had and we played. The oh, yeah, yeah. And, yeah, totally. and, and that was with my, uh, my cousins and, and that was so much fun. Yeah. And, um, you know, I knew like I wanted to go to, to school for music. And the only thing that I knew that I, you know, didn't want to do was I didn't want to teach. Like, um, um, I, I loved like I, I've done one-on-one um, -on -one, like guitar lessons and things like that over yeah. the years. And that's fine, like one-on-one, -on -one. but a classroom setting, like I just wouldn't be able to do it because like my personality, I'd get, I'd get so uh, <laughs> bummed out about like, you know, like one person. The guy sitting there not actually playing the saxophone. <laughs> yeah. He's humming into the saxophone. He's not even Come on, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, like, you know, uh, a portion of the kids having fun, a portion of the kids not caring, a portion of the kids like hating yeah. it. So, yeah you know, that's not something that I wanted to be pulled around with. So um, that's why I went into music business. I knew it was like, great. I'd still have a, a business degree because yeah. yeah, take all the economic classes, all that stuff. Um, and then all the music things. So um, that's really what led me to, I, um, I had like some little letter from um, uh, whatever Berkeley music in uh, Massachusetts uh, that it's just like, no, nah, I mean, you know, that's way expensive and, and very competitive. Yeah. There's the reason that I want to do that. And um, so to be honest, like it was, it was inevitable that I would go to Indiana state that had like one of the 
like they were one of the first pioneers of actual music business administration. Cool. Uh, I didn't make. know that. So cool. Yeah. And then, and that's, that's why I went into it. And, and yeah, uh, going to school for music kind of makes you hate music uh, <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. And like, like going to what you were saying when you went to college, like what you yeah. went for, you started to hate. So, yeah. When you, uh, when you peek the peek behind the curtain, you know, yeah. of, of those different industries and those different things, and yeah. you get a, do it, you, you do get it the good and the bad, you get everything, you get to see it all. And yeah, you do it for fun and that's what you love to do. But whenever you go in there and you start analyzing it and you have these professors telling you that, that like something is right or wrong and they're not even like good musicians and that kind of thing is like, well, that's, that's yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I made it. You did it. You did, I it. did it. You did it, man. You did it. Um, did you have any like mentors or, uh, inspirations in your life, like personal, you know, people, maybe you had like a personal relationship that really inspired you or, or motivated you or encouraged you one direction or the other? Uh, yeah, my, my cousin, Mark Rogers, um, and he's, he's my first cousin. He's actually much older than me. He's, uh, 61, I think now. Um, so he's, um, he's my mom's oldest sister's son. And so there's a lot of difference in age between my mom and her older, older, oldest sister. Cool. So he, uh, he actually, um, right out of high school, he started playing in Nashville, uh, played for a lot of really cool people, old school, old school country musicians, mm -hmm. uh, played for Tommy Cash, who, who's uh, Johnny Cash's brother, uh, Kitty Wells, who's an old school, um, uh, uh country artist, Peter Davis, same thing like a lot of really cool people. He had, he played on the, like he was on the, the um, played the Grand Ole Opry like uh, countless times, like in the band. That's cool. Whoever he was playing for. And so he had all these really cool stories. Um, little Jimmy Dickens, that was the other one that he played. That was like, little Jimmy Dickens is just like huge. And he passed away a few years ago. Yeah. Uh, but like uh, just the stories that, that he had about that and just his, tremendous uh you know ability to play uh guitar and um he helped me in uh whenever i was starting to learn and um and his son uh so is, is mark is mark senior my first cousin and then there's mark junior <laughs> is my second cousin that's his son and he's the one that i was in the band with uh okay. whenever we were uh younger cool. he's he's just a few years younger than us and um and then um Marcus's brother, uh, John, um, his uh, younger brother, eventually started playing with us um, uh, in the band. But um, yeah, Mark Rogers was really, really awesome for me, like getting started. And then, um, you know, I'd say like that'd probably be like the uh, biggest influence to me um, um, from that era. Um, and, and, you know, uh, he was also the one that got me into Rich Mullins, um, which, you know, yeah. yeah ragamuffin gospel and everything and yeah it's kind of living your life um how you're living because you are never going to be perfect so right right yeah. i love that it's cool well dude let's i have four questions left uh these are my tough questions at the end of the show <laughs> and uh we'll close the things out you ready oh you don't ask the tough questions at the beginning and then i, just, I just save them for the end it's like we're done fourth question we're done <laughs> 15 minutes, we're done. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Got to, gotta like, you know, 
got to warm you up. Get you there. I, two hours of warm up, Shane. <laughs> I feel bad for your wife. Oh, <laughs> she's hanging out with the dog. It's okay. Okay. Uh, what are you most proud of today? What am I most proud of today? Yeah. Um, I would say being able to be completely self-sufficient after after college, being out on my own a thousand miles away from my home. I yeah. mean, that was a big move. And, um, you know, uh, even though I, um, in, in college, um, needed some help, I was working, but like, you know, yeah. um, uh, my, my, my parents helped with my tuition. I was paying for my books and my, my, um, living expenses and things like that. Yeah. Um, but then during my internship, um, it, it was just kind of, it's kind of impossible to have like a, another job while I was doing a full-time internship. And so to have that support yeah. and then um, being completely self-sufficient ever since, um, I know that sounds very petty to a lot of people, but um, um, I think it, it's a great accomplishment for anybody, whatever, whatever time in your life, wherever yeah. you are in, in, at that time, whenever you are, you know, you don't need anything from someone else. You don't need the the insurance. You're, you know, not paying the cell phone bill. The all that stuff. It's just like, yeah, it's completely self sufficient. And doing that, um, like I said, being uh, in Texas, <laughs> yeah, eleven hundred miles away to be specific, eleven hundred yeah. miles in Austin, and and getting into this uh, huge. Uh, business, this company that, you know, they, they took a chance on me and, um, and I, I, I had a great course with it and man, a decade, a decade later, it's, it's like, what yeah. do we do next? You know? Um, yeah. So I think that's just amazing, you know, especially yeah, in sure. the time, like I said, when they weren't really hiring people just off the bat, like, you know, I, I had to show, I had to show work to totally be hired. And so that's there. cool. Um, what do you look forward to most in the future? I know this is maybe a, a shitty question right now, just with where you're at, but do you have any goals and ambitions? Um, I definitely want to uh, travel more um, because the way that um, the way that the kind of like year cycle was working whenever I was with South by and stuff, it was like, I, um, was only able to travel um, certain times of the year. Yeah. And whenever I traveled, it's only just to go home. Visit Indiana. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I know, man. I've been there. <laughs> and, and exactly. so all these years, I haven't really done anything else. I've gone like a yeah. couple of other places, but you know, all these years later, man, I just, I want to travel because um, a lot of my coworkers are always going here and there and stuff. But it's like, yeah, I was always kind of the one that was like left in the office doing some work, but yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, um, so I want to do that. I'm going to, you know, go somewhere overseas maybe. And again, sure. cool. Yeah. That'd be awesome. Do you ever think about your legacy? <laughs> I do actually. I do about yeah. every day um, yeah. because I am the last usry of, oh. of my family, of my, my, you know, yeah. My general family, um, there's no uh, 
my dad, my dad um, has two sisters, didn't have any brothers. Um, I'm the only male out of all the cousins and everything that would carry on the Estuary name. They, there, it, it, it's me. So yeah. I feel like I've always, I've always wanted to have at least one, one kid, but as I get older, which is weird, like you'd think you'd kind of get closer to it. But as I get older, I'm, I'm just seeing more and more about how, how it would be tougher for that child to grow up in this, uh, in this time. But also that I can't even fully take care of myself all the time yet. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, in, in some, in some aspects, people jump into having kids and getting married too quick because they think that's what wanted to do. I was engaged uh, a lot of years ago and it didn't happen. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm now I'm thankful that it didn't happen because I thought that's what I wanted to do. And, and at the time that's, you know, what I felt that I'm glad now that that's not because, you know, I'm, I'm not where I need to be with myself, yeah. um, you know, let alone, um, you know, put those kind of like uncertain genes into a, a child, you know, yeah. and, and God knows how they, they grow up. Maybe they grow up like really pissed off. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. you know, that's one of the things that's, that I always think about. I definitely always think about it. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not super old yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We're, we're still young. We got yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, it's interesting to, uh, you know, I think of this question came about for me and I've been saying this a lot lately, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be posting this tomorrow and, um, Tuesday. And so two days ago on, on the 17th of May was the anniversary of the death of, uh, one of my college friends. Um, and he took his own life. And, you know, when you, when you have someone that goes too soon and have stuff happening like that, like, you always talk about the legacy and you always talk about how, you know, like the legacy they left behind. And um, I also had a professor that we went to a cemetery and we looked at the epitaphs, you know, and it's like, what do you want on your epitaph? Like, what do you want people to remember you for? And I think it's an interesting question. It's not that you have to have thought about it. Uh, it's just that it's an interesting question to think about and to, it's interesting the answers you get. And um, I mean, even just like yours, it's, it's a unique question, unique answer to, to the question, but it's very relevant. And it's like, it's a it's a cool perspective as well that I, I you know I I guess I've never really thought about that side of things uh, to the question so it's a uh, thank you for your answer because I I guess I've never really thought about all the different aspects of that question mm-hmm. thank you oh yeah I mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> looking looking back in your life uh, what advice would you tell little Elliot. <laughs> What age? What age? Little Elliot. Let's see. pick one. You get to pick. Uh, Whatever yeah. age you think doesn't matter. Do you do you know that I used to be bleach blonde? <laughs> it was like white. Whenever I <laughs> no joke. So I grew- would that would that be the thing you want to tell them? Uh, I say, your hair blonde. <laughs> I say keep your hair blonde as hell. <laughs> now, um, I don't know, man. I I think I think for me. The most, the, the most things that I struggled with was knowing that I was a little bit different 
um, growing up and just, you know, perceiving things a lot different. I, uh, I took things a lot to heart. I mean, I was bullied. Like there were like tons of bullies around whenever I was younger. I had a lot of good friends. Um, but I mean, you know, just to, to take that, like that resent that I had whenever I was younger toward things around me and just use it, um, you know, more for a, a forward focus and, and, uh, you know, just, just let it be known that that's <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> Oh boy, what in the world? Are you back? Oh, uh, uh, Love you. Can you? Uh, <laughs> the difficulties here, sir. Technical difficulties. We talked for, <laughs> for two hours and 19 minutes, and my phone can't handle it. So. <laughs> what? Um, is it still, if it's still recording me, I'll just keep talking. <laughs> we saved the best for last. <laughs> we have uh, a relationship <laughs> We got two Shanes now. I can't hear you. Can't hear you. Hey. Oh, there he is. That was fun. That was like a. Yeah, I can hear you. Can you hear me? Mm. What? Dramatic, because I can't hear you. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, do you want me to keep speaking or do you need me to? Yeah, you can't hear me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, what a shit show, huh? <laughs> hey, hey, there you are. Oh, hey. 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 I'm glad uh, you could hear me that whole time because I certainly couldn't hear you, sir. Uh, it was pretty good. <laughs> It's uh, my worst nightmare, by the way. But there you go. Hey, man. I mean, uh, that's whenever fires happen, you put them out. I'm just gonna keep smiling through it and pretend like it didn't happen. <laughs> I pretty much, I I can't even remember the question now, but I pretty much covered like essentially what I would say to. Yeah, it was Little Elliot, right? Yeah. Yeah. Just, what would you say to Little Elliot? Just keep, you know. <laughs> Keep on keeping on. <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, uh, um, 
you know, I mean, like, yeah, like, stuff, like, shit gets hard. Life is tough, man. Yeah. People know that, you know? It's not, totally. it's nothing new. It's like, you say that, like, you'll say that to younger people, and, like, older people said it to us when we were younger, and, oh, my God, man, you're never gonna, you're never gonna realize it until you're there. You can say it as yeah. much as you want. And that's why whenever we're younger, we're just kind of like eye rolling, like, oh, yeah, this is this is the best fun I've ever had in my life. And then yeah. what is it like four years later that you're, <laughs> you know, that you're in like a like a world of hell, you know, yeah, totally. world. like the real world. Yeah, the real world. It, it, it was interesting to me, like to think about uh, going through four years of high school and four years of college. And I've been here in Austin longer than both of those times and those both right. of those times like were huge in like growing up it's because like when you're younger it's like that's what you have like high school it's like that's where you yeah. are man like you don't yeah. have anything else going on you're just thinking about high school the people around you what's going on in your life exactly your responsibilities are just so much different and so much like yeah. lesser than but it feels like the biggest thing in the world right at the time yeah uh, are you familiar with gary uh, Van Vaynerchuk, Gary V, no chance. Uh, he's like this, I don't know. He's a cool guy. Um, but he, he has this like shtick, not shtick, but like the thing he says, one of the things he says is, you know, for, for you and I, we're like 30, you know, early thirties. And it's like, dude, like we've got 33, <laughs> 30, I think, I don't know what I am. 32, 30, I think I'm 32. Uh, which makes sense. Yeah. 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 Less than you, but, um, no, I was just saying like, you've got like two more lives to live, you know, like it's when you think of it like that, when you're like young, when you're like twenties, thirties, even forties, like you've got a whole nother life to live of what you've already lived, you know, 33 years. Like, ho I, I hope that I have much more, <clears throat> uh, time left in my life, you know, and it's not too soon. Like think of all the things you've accomplished to date, and now give yourself another 33 years, you know, yeah. like what are, what are you able to accomplish in 33 years starting from where you're at right now? And, and we're our only, like, we are the, the thing that holds us back and yeah. we're the thing that, that keeps us from pursuing new things and pursuing other things because what society says we're, we're getting, we're older or we should have things figured out, but we got plenty of time, man. And, and, uh, why not pursue the things that, um, you know, we want to and, and pursue life to its fullest. Yeah. I, I love that. That's, I agree with that. And that <clears throat> whenever you were saying that, it makes me think of my parents and, you know, the both of them didn't really uh, get things figured out until like their thirties because they were both married um, to other people before um, no, no other kids or anything, but whenever yeah. they met each other, um, you know, they were in their, in their, 30s I think um uh, and or at least whenever my sister was born and whenever I was born yeah and 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 the the things that they did in that in that time you know they're both much older now <laughs> uh and and um you know the the stuff that, that both of them have done and yeah in that time like you said just like uh it makes sense to have the two lifetimes um yeah, I always think that like my my mid thirties are gonna be my really peak, <laughs> my really peak performances. So yeah, uh, two years to be a uh, mid 
thirty, so we'll see. <laughs> I know. I always thought uh, thirty, and then I always thought twenty-three was always my date because it's like post college, and yeah. everybody I knew that was twenty-three, like oh, came yeah. out of college, they had a job, and they just seemed to have it all figured out. And then I got I there. I have a friend who always said, and will till this day say that he will never date anybody that was twenty-three. Or at least whenever he was younger, especially not now, but he would never date a 23 year old because the 23 was such a terrible number, like a number age. <laughs> the weirdest people. It is. It's the, it's the worst. And I thought it was the number 23. The Jim Carrey number 23 movie. Like, where the heck did that come from? It's like, <laughs> stop being a funny man. And now he's obsessed with numbers. <laughs> Uh, I love it. Elliot, thank you so much for coming on the show and uh, spending two and a half hours talking to me. I love it. It's been it's been a pleasure. I, that means we got to do it again sometime. Let's do it for sure. 100%. Anytime. Uh, let's keep in touch. Okay. All right, man. All right. Thank you all so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Uh, your contribution helps us share stories just like Elliot's uh, and stories just like yours. Speaking of contributions, again, please visit us on Facebook and Instagram. There you can like and comment on our posts. If you want to go above and beyond, please share the Crazy Face Uno podcast with your friends, your family, or just random strangers on the street. We're welcome to everyone. Again, please visit crazyfaceuno.com. Purchase items from our online store or donate. Uh, once again, your contributions help us tell more stories like Elliot's and stories just like yours. Thanks again for listening. Love you all. Peace. Bye. <laughs> How do you quote? <laughs>